It's uh, a new week, and um, stuff is going on this week, <laughs> and um, you're listening to the New Utah Podcast right now. Episode 178. Yeah. I forgot to start the save file on this one, so this ought to be... Hopefully, we're good. It's okay. It's recording. <laughs> I what? Don't worry about it. It's, don't don't it, worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my catchphrase. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um... Yeah, uh, it's only been a week for our listeners. It's been a couple weeks for us because Bree and I were in Las Vegas last week. Viva! And Jeremy was in Texas. And Jeremy was killing pigs. I sure was killing wild pigs. How big? So the one I got this year was quite a bit smaller than last year's. However, it was still a little two hundred pounds. But you said last year's was like one of the biggest they've ever had. It, it yeah. was in the it's in the lodge, right? Yeah, like it broke records in for the, the size. Lodge. <laughs> So, Texas, we were talking about this before we got on air. Texas is huge. It's huge. And, like, you don't think about it because there's some really big metropolitan areas of Texas, but Texas, like, from one to the other, and this is just, like, east to west, it's 12 hours. Yeah. And then, like, that's driving, by the way, not flying. Flying's a couple hours. Yep. Wow. Like, three. That's, like, here to Chicago. But it's a fucking long... It's huge. Texas is massive. Yep. So, I I know driving from, like, Lubbock to... They don't say deep in the heart for nothing. No. Like, driving from Lubbock to Austin, which I did a few times because my aunt lived down in Austin for a while. Um, That was... That's a long drive. It was 12 hours. Eight to 12 hours to drive from one side of the state to the other. Just insane. Even like Dallas and Houston are like four plus hours apart. That's right. like driving to Las Vegas for right. us. And that's where, that's where I was is in between Dallas and Houston. And the closest, I say this, big city is Waco. Yeah. Waco is the- like 130, <laughs> 140,000, somewhere in there. So it, it was fun though. It's, it is definitely Trump land. Holy crap. Oh, fuck. Of course it is. Like, is re- like my, one of my uncle's neighbors. And when I say neighbors, don't think neighbors like here where you're like neighbors. Like they're a mile away. They're like, farm neighbors. Yeah. Farm neighbors. So like my, my, um, uncle's little farm is seven acres and that is relatively small for the, yeah, for that area. That's like a, oh, nice retired couple has a, this is a tiny little property. Cause like his, 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 one of his neighbors next to him is like 260 acres. So anyway. One of his neighbors. This is all like old homestead property, probably. Too. One of his, yeah, a lot of it is. <laughs> one of his neighbors down the street has put signs up calling his driveway Trump Lane, and he like, wow, hand painted these signs. These are fucking idiots. Nailed them to trees, and they are like Trump banners. I mean, I don't think my political views are any secret to anyone that's ever listened to any episode of this show. But what fucking idiots! <laughs> it just, it was, uh, it was just. I'm curious what they're. I'm curious if they have a take that isn't Fox News uh, about what's going on with them. I don't know. We don't really talk about that much here. We do talk about local politics a bit. Um, we which, try. We just try to keep it Utah. <laughs> which, by the way, um, everyone should have gotten their ballots in the last few days. I think we got ours last week sometime while we were gone. Um, if you are going to have a ballot, your mail-in ballot should have arrived for for mine, this election. Mine hasn't come yet. You might not have anyone up for election, uh, so it is—it's a small election. It's yeah. an off year. Um, well, well, we just overturned all of, like, nearly all of Riverton last time. There may not be one. This yeah, year. most of the ballots are going to be relatively small, um, small fields of candidates and stuff like that. Salt Lake City, of course, will have a has a pretty serious race with the, the mayor. I'm excited to see what happens there. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's kind of nice being an onlooker and seeing. It's a little polarizing, like it even is. some of our friends, like watching them. Like talk, talk about the yeah. different candidates, yeah. 
Yeah. I was talking to some people yesterday that were like, oh, we were we were talking about doing some lobbying for some different things work related. And uh, she's like, oh, well, I'm on this other person's campaign um, trying to get rid of Ben McAdams. And I don't think that that person would appreciate it because he's also in the race. <laughs> and I'm like, probably shouldn't tell you who I'm going to vote for. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah. So, and my local house rep, uh, who I try to vote out every every year, I think he wants to come on the show, by the way, Hutchings. Oh, yeah. Um, which I'm happy to have him come on the show. It's like three, he could walk over here. He lives like three blocks from here. But I might actually have to vote for him. There's some, there's some, there's some, there's some personal interest gain to be had <laughs> in the office, just on some of the stuff he's doing for for my company. So, um, it's interesting how that works sometimes, right? So, I'm gonna start lobbying for Wendover Airfield to be restored. That'd be cool. Is it in East or West Wendover? It's in Utah. Well, sp- yep. Speaking of which, how did that go this weekend? Did you find any good. ghosts? It was really long. I think I kind of went in with like a little bit of a sad attitude. So like I wasn't you to me too much. I wasn't in tune. No, it had to, it had to do with, <laughs> no, it had to do with something else. But um, it was really cold, and it just got colder as the night. Like it rained the first half of half of it. Um, yeah. Like while was that they did Saturday. The, uh, yeah, while they did the presentation. Um, unfortunately, it stopped by the time we actually like got out and got on the property. Oh, that's good. So but it still was like fr- it was still was like freezing. <laughs> but like there was we a lot of really soccer game in the rain. <laughs> really like cool experiences that happened. Um, I'm trying to like mark my recordings with somebody else's because I think I got a really awesome EVP. So yeah. it wasn't someone farting. No, it definitely wasn't. It actually had to do with a creepy doll that I bought. Um, I ended up taking it out there and, uh. Did you leave it? Uh, did I leave it out there? No, it's in my car. Just leave it for someone to find later and really fuck with it. That would be awesome though. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It's marked with a spirit and you've kept it in your car? car. I don't know if it's marked with a spirit. I do. (laughs) It could be. She's cute, but she does have a split open head, so. There's that, but what no, but hell? so in, what kind so of dolls in, are you buying? So in the over a hundred year old dolls. So in the, um, the officer's quarters, there's actually a preservation Utah. Um, it's on a plaque, but it's just like a, like a letter of recognition oh, for cool. it. Cause that has been restored. And then I got thinking and I sent Wendy a message and I was like, we need to get on this because it is on the Utah side, so um, oh. there's a lot of buildings. I'd like to that would lobby. Be, like if it could get re- like com- it couldn't get completely restored because that base had like eighteen thousand people on it. It was yeah, a, it was, it a was huge, base. yeah. But to see the buildings that are still out there get restored would be look. Let's be clear, you can't incredible. you can't poison thousands of sheep with sarin gas and not have a good sized base to do it from. Yeah. Well, and it's that was from Dugway, by the way. I think there's, I think it's in the airport museum because there's the officers' quarter museum, and then there's the airport that's like right next to it. Um, there's actually a picture of all of the planes like out on the runway, and it's just like the most incredible thing so that you've ever seen. What's what are the, what are the buildings used for now as a museum? Um, so for the high school kids that are pissed off and went over to hang. No, out. so there's four hangers, four of the white original hangers um one has some planes in it actually a plane just crashed out there and it's like parked on the inside like the guy was 
super, super lucky. Then there's another one that is privately owned and they restore planes in there. Um, I don't think there's anything in the middle one, but it was an Independence Day. And then the end one is owned, is, um, privately owned. No, the National Guard actually oh, uses uh, it. And then the Enola Gay hangar. Right. Um, some of the buildings are used for like, if you look clear, clear out, like way outside the runway, there are two buildings and those are used for carpet storage for the, <laughs> for the casinos. <laughs> and then, um, there is like some of the barracks are just like storage. I think the mess hall, like scouts use it sometimes. Hmm. And one of the barracks has been like completely restored. And I think they do like a, like oh, you wow. can go out and like stay in it kind cool. of thing. I want to petition for West Wendover. And the hospital and is just Wendover. full of like storage stuff because, and they had a lot of, well, last year I didn't see it in the light this time and I didn't go in again. Um, I just like stayed in one spot because that's where I had my experience last year. And so that's like where I put the doll down. But they have, they store like, um, the air show stuff, like all the like oh, signage wow. and stuff like that in there. So, so the, the airstrip's still in use though. Oh right? yeah, yeah. All like constantly. Yeah, Actually, if you, <laughs> if you go on the, oh, and the fire station is still used. So if you go into the fire station or the Enola gate, and you were to go out specific doors, basically like TSA would arrest you because you're on. Uh, you're on the airstrip. Yeah. So you have to like tell everybody once they go in the buildings, like, don't go out. I told somebody they get shot and I think he really took me seriously. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't think they're going to shoot you, but like, you don't want to get arrested. Like, that would be a bad day because it was his like tw- almost his 21st birthday. No, you should have stuck so. with you'll get shot. <laughs> I thought it was pretty legit, but. Him. It was cool. Like, it was, it's Wendover. It wasn't as long as a drive this time as it felt last year. Did you hang out at a casino and gamble the next? I no, no. I, like, I, w- I would have left there. like partway through and been like, I'm going to the casino. <laughs> I couldn't. I was a group leader. I know. <laughs> so, um, the, it started at like 5.30 and went to like midnight. So. Oh, that's not bad. I would have totally went to the casino afterwards. (laughs) I went went back. Well, actually, I fell um, at the end. Like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. You didn't break your hip, did you? No. No. But it was weird. It was just like a weird weird circumstances. And so um, it was was pretty painful (laughs) that whole night. So then I had to come back and work on a cake. So you know what makes pain calm down? Free booze in a casino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, so I didn't meant I think I might have mentioned last week that I was going to the hot springs. Um, awesome hike. You guys should totally do it. I saw your pictures. It's like about they an hour cool. and fifteen minutes. However, I'm gonna be that ass right now. There is no reason for dogs to be up there. Like I do not want to swim in the hot springs with your dogs at all. Like at all. Never. I'll take my dog on the hike anyway. We'll take it on the hike, but like tie him up somewhere. I don't want to swim with your dog. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, those are like small pools. They're not like, yeah. Hot springs aren't exactly, no, they fit like, like the one that we got in fits like maybe six people. Also, 
they're kind of gross. Honestly. No, they weren't gross actually at all. The, those like secluded ones. Well, the secluded ones aren't bad if they're like hard to get to because not a lot of people. So this is not like hot, like hot, like crystal hot springs where the water is stagnant. Like this water is moving. Oh, it is. So it's got like a tributaries it, and stuff. Is it the uh-huh. one where they have the old bathtub set up? Mm-mm. No, no, that's a different one. I thought that was the one we were oh. going to, but then I looked on all trails. That's, that's but it's one it where was... everyone hangs out and takes all their clothes off up there. No, they do at this one too. Yeah. <laughs> but like the hike was beautiful we took the wrong trail so we have like lost an hour but i would definitely do it again and like plan for a longer time and i would go just as early we we got the there was an article that like parking was a bitch and they were ticketing everybody we literally got the last spot in the parking lot when we got there and that was even being late but and where's it at it's up spanish fort canyon that seems like it'll that seems like it would be really busy all the time so yeah, like all the time. And we went early enough that there was only like maybe 20 or so people up there. But as soon as we got out of the pools, because I had to get back to Salt Lake, um, like just tons of groups started coming up. And I was like, Ugh. but people hike that in the dark. I don't know if I would be that brave. Cause yeah, it's easier to take your clothes off and have some, sex in the hospital yeah, in the dark. Yeah. Just take a headlamp. It's fine. No, but there's some really like sketchy parts. Like I would be nervous. Even like in the snow, I would be really nervous because people hike up in the snow too. I don't fucking Bree works with some dude that does like 16 mile snow runs in the mountains. And I'm like, how the hell do you do that? And shit? if you hike in the snow to this particular one, they close the gate in the wintertime, which so it adds like an extra mile and a half to the hike. Ugh. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not my thing. So this was like a perfect time to go because like the leaves were incredible. We did it like when the sun was coming up. I think that's all. <laughs> Sorry. That's I was okay. really going to talk about it. Yeah. I was really mad about the dogs. I was like, I'm riding the Forest Service and the Department of Wildlife Resources. Don't do that because then people will fucking get the dogs banned and that sucks. They're already have a million places they can't go you know i still don't understand the whole watershed thing why the fuck can your dog not go up the watershed area human fish poop in the water well it's not just that but like human shit's like really close to being in that water right now up up those two two canyons so we did talk about that anyway um i'm curious okay so i uh i've been listening to a bunch of different podcasts Mm -hmm. lately and some some new ones that i've been hearing about from some of the ones i listen to to try and broaden my horizon outside of just Magic the Gathering and <laughs> real solid. Are you going to buy the Magic Gathering mixed with My Little Pony cards? Uh, probably not. They look cool, but I probably not. It looks pretty awesome. My yeah. Little Magic the Pony Gathering. Remind me to show you some of the cards that I've got, though, from this last set. They've done a bunch of really cool um, special artwork stuff, and some of the artwork is just drop dead gorgeous cool uh, on these cards um but anyway i'm I'm curious because i've started hearing this on more than one show I, I i hear it on one that i listen to about cruising i don't don't want to hear don't at me right like i listen to a podcast about cruising like cruising cars or people not like cruise ship cruising oh. for vacation. <laughs> like, like tips do you like that, that that's where my like, brain went <laughs> like yeah, like once a week cruising podcast, and there I'd probably listen Sweet. to more. It's short, but so I a lot of podcasters now are calling it pod the pod, listening to the pod. Welcome to the pod. It's pretentious. I fucking hate it. And so apparently, I'm not the only one that thinks it's stupid. I think it's stupid. We're not going to use that terminology here. The Good. new Utah pod. The pod. Thanks for joining the pod. <laughs> It just fucking sounds dumb. I think of it's my totes welcome. adorbs. It's, <laughs> it's I'm fucking sorry, I stupid. Asked. 
<laughs> I think of the movie. But who says though? But what podcast are, is it? Just the cruise podcast. That oh no, that? that's that's my whole point. Like the cruise podcast lady does that, and the podcast is like she's had th- this cruise podcast. She's had a YouTube channel for years and done tons of like YouTube videos. She's just recently started doing the cruise podcast within the last year. Those two syllables podcast but, just to take she always so calls it the pod. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for joining me on the pod. I'm like the fuck i'm not in like an alien spaceship with you woman it's not an escape pod it reminds, it's just me, a pod. <laughs> reminds me of the movie cocoon. cocoon that movie sucked yeah well but they're all in the pod they're and they're all old really old well wilford brimley he's got the diabetes oh hey speaking of old people um <laughs> so i was talking that i am also listening to some i'm trying to like expand my podcast listening and so i'm just listening to music every day and so I've been listening to You Must Remember This. And yes, I know it's been out for five years. Sometimes I bring people to the party. Sometimes I'm really late to the party. This one, I am late to the party. Um, but today I was listening to one about uh, Valentino. And they were talking about his wife. And her. she was born in Salt Lake City. And her great-grandfather is Hebel, Heber C. Kimball. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> And then she like moved to New York to be a Russian ballet dancer or somewhere. I don't know. And she changed her name. But she's from Salt Lake. So when we start doing our like famous Utahns, then we can. Wow. I was going to say, I literally have no idea what you're talking about right now. I know you don't, but it's so cool. Valentino was like the first like. Like sex male, like was a symbol, silent, like a silent movie yeah, star. Yeah, he's a really, really famous oh, movie star. Yeah. I'm, so. You just. He's a famous old silent Natasha Rambova was her name. Natasha Rambova. Rambova, uh-huh. Definitely Russian sounding. But that's not her real name. That's no. funny. She's born in Salt Lake totally, to a really... Totally fucking oh, fake. I believe that it said to a very prominent Mormon family was would, what the research I would said. Believe, so. I would believe that's the case if the <laughs> yes. family name was Kimball. Yes. Anyways, I just thought that was really cool. That is and interesting. So, yeah. You know what else is cool? Uh, not having the weather outside. Yeah, it's fucking cold. Bree and I were in a fucking <laughs> soccer game, which was the atmosphere was fantastic at that game. And it was like snow. Like it was funny because it started snowing right as the first half or as the second half was going to start. And the fucking stadium just erupts into cheers at the sight of the rain turning to snow. That's awesome. But I'm like, you know, you're in Utah when the entire, the entire crowd, which here's what sucks though. It's a, it's a, Fucking playoff game, a home playoff game. Which they won. Which we won, but the stadium wasn't, I, I maybe half full, it felt like. That's too bad. But uh, there was a point uh, towards the end of the game, it was like this really, really cool moment in the city. This, this is the type of thing that you can't really, you just have to be there to experience something like this. It's really hard to describe, but it was before uh, RSL had scored uh, the second goal. So the game was tied 1-1. Um, it was looking like it was going to go to extra time. Um, the, 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 the section that I'm in was actually chanting because it's like the 70th minute. The section I'm in is chanting, we want a sub because there's no substitutions. The team's looking really flat. Is that what your tweet was about? Yeah. It's looking like we're going to fucking take another goal in our net from Portland because we're not doing anything. And, and, uh, all of a sudden, uh, Juarez decides to make a double sub uh, for two attacking players. Uh, and as the sub's being made, the entire stadium just starts singing the Ole 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 chant, which <laughs> is a chant that pretty much exists in every soccer stadium in America. Um, a worldly. But 
but the entire stadium, like usually you get a couple of sections doing it. The entire stadium, it felt like was doing it. They were all jumping up and down. People were out of their seats. Like it was pretty electrifying. And then RSL scored very shortly after that. That's cool. Uh, with that go ahead goal. So it was really cool. Those are the kinds of things that like you just can't, you have to experience that kind of thing. You can't just really feel it when, when someone describes it, but it's, I've only felt that a handful of times in the stadium, uh, and that was pretty cool to to get to experience that again. So it was 16 degrees when we went on our hike. Yeah, <laughs> it's been fucking cold. <laughs> it's been really cold. We were walking yesterday, and I'm like, it smells like someone ran their sprinklers. And Bree's like, well, maybe they just <laughs> maybe they were just blowing their lines out. I'm like, they fucking are like a week and a half late on that shit. <laughs> like they should have blew their lines out a couple. I still weeks got ago. people in my neighborhood watering. I don't understand that. Like, what are you doing? Eagle Mountain stuff was on like a week. That's or so horrible. Ago. That's so bad. Let your fucking lawn die. That's what it's well, supposed to do. Well, and they've shut off the secondary water. So that means these idiots are watering, watering from culinary water. I wonder if their sprinkler systems are hooked up to culinary water. Oh, maybe. And not secondary. I can't figure out why their bill's so high. Yeah. <laughs> we have secondary water. I don't understand. Kids, just go drink out of the hose. Right. Why is it $200? <laughs> anyway, the other thing that was really exciting for me is to hear about events. Right now? <laughs> right meow? No, we're not doing the cat thing. <laughs> I'll tell the On guy this to, pod? Right now? I'll tell the guy to fuck a chicken for $20. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken fucker. Keep talking. I wasn't completely ready. Hold on. Isn't aren't they making a two? They're making a two. They made a two already, dude. It's been out. Super Troopers. Oh, Oh, they (laughs) made it in. Yeah, I didn't. I still haven't seen it. The first one's just so iconic to me. Don't judge me because here's what's happening. So I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. What? Yes, I can see all of your faces right now. I just judged you. I know. You told me not to, and I couldn't help it. Incredibly judged. So one of my vendors at work. You don't really have TV. Brought me his. Yeah, but here's the thing. You don't want to watch that edited on TV. You want to watch the whole thing, right? No, it's pretty much the same. So he brought me his Blu-ray player and the DVD to watch, but I haven't had time. That was like two weeks ago. (laughs) So anyways, um, it's just Nana calling Brie. Oh, Nana. That's that's her mom. Nice. Okay. Um, So Dine Around's going on. We talked extensively about that in last week's episode. I'm excited for it. Are you I, I wish go take advantage. Yeah, I'm sure I'll go at least once or twice uh, to different places that I haven't been. I I wish they would pay us for the free advertising we do for them because I really like the program. But I know they pay an arm and a leg for advertising on do other they? stations. I'm sure they do. It's not a free thing. Better get on like, that. It's a, but I I really like it. I it's just such a it's such an amazing way to try food. Uh, at restaurants that you wouldn't normally go to, maybe. It's true. It's true. There's a lot on there that I would love to try. So coming up this weekend, Fort Douglas Cemetery tour. It's not like a creepy Halloween tour. It's a historical. These are the people that are buried here, and this is how they got here. And there are some really incredible stories up in that cemetery. Um, it starts at 1 o'clock, Most- and it's free. Most of how people got there is they died. They died for sure, um, but there are some <laughs> there's some reenactments and they sometimes they reenact I, the murders when the I deaths? murders. I just assume they're all murders. No, <laughs> I mean I guess technically some of it could be, but um, do they just reenact the murders? That's they, what I when I when I went up there a couple of years ago, they had uh, some family members there too, um, which was really awesome. 
I'm going to um, Lizzie Bourne your ass. Yes. Chop, chop. Exactly. Chop. Um, a reminder that the Diwali Festival is also... Yay, Diwali! I didn't get invited this year. Because you fired your oh, friend. I mean, I'm sure no. that has I'm sure that has some bearing on the <laughs> reason. So, something that I actually don't know if I found out about it before the last shows, but Holy Stone Distilling is having their grand opening oh, on the 26th. I know, it's so I'm exciting. So, I'm so tired of seeing all of his Instagram pictures. Well, they have been selling it, and you <laughs> can get it at like local bars and at the liquor stores. Um, but... It's from 11 to 7, and they're at 207 West, 4860 South in Murray. So go support oh, them. Oh, right by T-Rose Diner. They are. There you go. You can go to T-Rose Diner, the best Thai um, place in the valley. Get, I wonder if they're going to have their absinthe ready for this weekend, because they're making an absinthe. But I have to say, their packaging is some of... I'm next to Sugar House. Their packaging is some of my most favorite in Salt Lake. It's incredible. Um, vote your main street is still happening. Um, also you can use as many email addresses as you want. You get five votes and all it does, it doesn't register you for anything. It just sends you like a code that's only good for five minutes to go vote. So just make a bunch of free accounts. Yeah. Do that. Um, something that I forgot to talk about. I'm a terrible person. Wasatch community gardens. You are fucking horrible. 30th anniversary (laughs) party. Um, is this week and I feel like it's we only talked, $10. I feel like we talked about that once. Well, yeah, when they were here <laughs> like months ago. <laughs> anyway, so uh, $10 at the Union Event Center. Go support them because they are a freaking awesome organization. Um, this weekend on Saturday is Walk Through with the Lights at Asylum 49 from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. So they've moved everything back over to the hospital side. If you're too chicken like me, you can go out and walk through with what? the lights on. They moved on. it back to the oh to the hospital side, not the yeah. community side. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. And then you can stay and go through it again with the lights off. Or you could just not be a pussy and go through it with the lights off, so you don't actually know what's coming around the corner. I don't know. <laughs> You've been there how many times now? I've only been there two times. Just a couple. Yeah. I love that place. I'm going back though. It is. It is. I still contend it is the best haunt, and not just because we've been out there as a show. I think it's the best haunt in the valley. Like, it's yeah. not really in the valley, but it's worth the drive out to Tooele. It's the best haunt in, in the Wasatch Front. It's true. Um, so also, um, fast forward a week to the 2nd of November is Dia de los Martos celebrations, and they're all over the state. Um, Utah Museum of Fine Arts is having a celebration. The Utah, um, cultural, community cultural center, um, is having one, even helper. Is I'm, having a celebration. I'm painting a skull. So, do it. I like sugar skulls. I really yeah. love sugar skulls. So I really, want, I really wanted to. Um, Hollywood Forever Cemetery throws like this massive party, and I was hoping it was going to be on Halloween, and I would go down to California a day early. But unfortunately, it's on the Saturday, so I can't go. That sucks. I know. I want to go. It's like twenty five dollars to go, and it's just this huge party in the cemetery. Like, everybody gets in, like, massive costumes, like, Day of the Dead costumes, and, that like, was, look up the photo. Cool. It's incredible. pretty cool. Yeah. So, anyways, I think, I think that's all that I have. Okay. I didn't have a lot. Halloween's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's Halloween. Go trick-or-treating. Come to my house. I'll give you lots of candy. I will only put a few razor blades in it. Um, and what's the new one? Razor blades and drugs? 
Oh yeah, fuck yeah, we'll we'll bring lots of drugs. But who's gonna waste their drugs on kids? That's, See, that's the yeah. Thing. I don't. Who's gonna? I don't want to. First off, I don't want to give kids meth. They're fucking rambunctious enough, right? Give I, them like pot brownies give them some fucking downers why would i waste good pot brownies on a stupid kid <laughs> yeah see that's the thing that's what i've that's never understood not, like no one's gonna fucking spike something to be a oh douche. i'm gonna go way out of my way and buy some expensive drugs so i can give it to kids no. No. and if i wanted to fuck with kids i'd go to the mall and fuck with them like it's way better or go to their school i'm not never mind <laughs> i don't i don't want the cops coming to my house later so um nothing that's bad don't fuck with kids uh, no, seriously, like, I, I still consider every year, oh, I won't be home this year because it's on a Thursday. I'll be at the Harry Butts playing Dungeons and Dragons like a real, <laughs> like a real person. <laughs> you need to play Dungeons and Dragons with my roommate. I think you guys would get along swimmingly. Speaking of your roommate, we didn't talk about this, right? Well, that's because it just happened. Yeah. Fucking how crazy is that? So crazy. Well, now you got to say what it is. Just up and disappeared. Jess needs a new roommate, so if you want to be Which Jess's one? roommate. The one that Jess moved in like three months ago. Oh. Jess, Jess uh, had a roommate. Just Did he take all of his stuff? Vanish. No, he actually left the, his brand new futon. Free, I don't know. Free futon. Like I left on Saturday morning, and as soon as I got home on Sunday, I didn't go up to my room. I just started working on the cake. And then I delivered the cake and I got home and got in my room. And there was a note and a key under my door. And I was like, uh, Cade, Ron, did you guys hear Tom leave? And they were like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh. yeah. Just up and left. I guess the futon is, uh, either one, he couldn't move it or, uh, two, it's like, uh, sell this. <laughs> I don't know. That's a nice futon though. Sell it and make some money. <laughs> Just advertise it. The room comes with a free futon, people. Uh, so I'm sure it's up on KSL and Craigslist and Backpage. So no explanation, no nothing, just gone. Oh, no, the note said that he, um, found a place with his friend, but I'm like, he did like no notice or nothing. That's crazy. It was weird. I don't know. Mom's fake news. (laughs) You know, I started recording again when you said that. (laughs) So I'm going to leave that in. Um, which I try to, I try to like, I try to like cut stuff so that people don't necessarily notice. Just like make that a clip and, and put it in every once in a while. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely leaving that in. Your mom goes to college. That's uh, Bree's favorite movie. Everyone. Um, where was I the other day? Um, I was at lunch or something. And there was a table next to us. Oh, yes, I was at dinner. It was last week. And there was a guy that looked like like Uncle Rico sitting at the table next to us. Did you say, hey, Rico? I was going to ask him if he could throw a steak over the mountain. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> coach just would have put me in. <laughs> but only one person at the table. That was funny. <laughs> you were eating with a bunch of shit bags. Apparently. That's what I'm going to say. I don't even know who they were. I don't care. Uh, so... I want to talk about uh, um, some changes that have happened real recently in the state of Utah that are kind of sweeping the nation. It's a little bit of a craze out of almost out of Did nowhere. It, it, I don't think it started in Utah, though. I think that it started elsewhere and then Utah started. Well, yeah. So um, I'm talking specifically about um, vaping. Right. So vaping has been around for a while. Um, I actually I used to vape uh, back in the day. I got me. Do you off- vape, man? <laughs> uh, it got me off of cigarettes, uh, and I smoked a lot. Like, I started smoking when I was 12, and I smoked, like, a pack a day for a period of time, 
Like I smoked a lot of cigarettes. So I'm just going to ask a quick question just because I'm not familiar. I know that my boss vapes. He has like the ones that you like the jewels that you like plug in. Do they all have some form of uh, tobacco in them? Is that like the point or? Not necessarily, but yes. So let me explain vaping as a whole. So there's a bunch of different components. Well, this is, this is important to understand, to understand what's going on. Um, so Utah, part of why we're talking about this, that's in the news every day. There are people going to the hospital. First uh, death was uh, like a week ago. Inexplicably, like there's like a somewhere near a hundred people in, in the state of Utah that have been admitted to the hospital in critical condition or worse, uh, for vape related illnesses. Um, that's all they're calling them. Um, so, Vaping is the idea that instead of smoking harmful tobacco, part of why tobacco is so bad for you is you're actually inhaling burning material directly, right? And the crap that's in the filter, the fiberglass and all the tar and shit like that that you're inhaling, it's not good for you. It causes lung cancer. We've known about that for years. And smoking has gone down dramatically in this country, especially amongst kids. What has gone up is vaping. Vaping is, uh, it was created in, gosh, I want to say like 2005, 2006 is kind of when it first showed up. And back then, the only way you could vape is there were a handful of companies online that you could order kits from where you created your own vaporizer. And what a vaporizer is, is essentially a battery uh, with some uh, voltage regulation um, in the form of resistors and crap bunch of electronic stuff. Uh, but essentially, it, it regulates voltage and it sends an electrical current through a wire that heats up some sort of material. Usually, it's like a cotton that is absorbing liquid, usually in the form of like glycol that has um, flavoring and additives such as nicotine primarily in it. So you can still get nicotine, but it's water vapor that you're inhaling. Right, with a little bit of glycol to bind the water to the nicotine, essentially. Um, but you're inhaling water vapor and you're exhaling steam. Like that's that's the idea of vaping. So instead of inhaling so smoke, yeah, it's instead of inhaling smoke, you're inhaling water vapor. Now, vaping is still very unregulated, right? Mm-hmm. So as cigarette cells start to go down, big companies make no mistake, Juul. And um, Blue, they're owned by Philip Morris and RJR, um, the big tobacco companies that sold cigarettes for years and years and years. Those original vapes looked like a cigarette. Um, n- no. No. Vape original pens. vapes were huge yeah, boxes. And they still are. The good vaporizers are still big boxes that have big batteries that recharge, and they have big cartridges that you add liquid juice into and the reason you add the liquid juice into they last longer right so the vape pens which is what you get from like the jewel and stuff like that they have disposable cartridges which we can get into a whole discussion about how stupid disposable cartridges are but the idea was the vape pens initially were very similar in feel to a cigarette and so you had the same motion of a cigarette the thing about a vaporizer is i don't have to smoke through a whole cigarette I can take one hit off a vaporizer, and it's not necessarily as much nicotine as a whole cigarette, but that's also part of how you could step down from a cigarette, is you can have one vape, and you don't need to smoke a whole cigarette. And so you can have one vape, go back to what you're doing, an hour later have another vape, not have to smoke a whole cigarette in that time. 
So it's not regulated, and now people are making their own juices. So yeah, it was pretty unregulated, and it was catching on rather quickly, um, but there weren't shops yet. And so I want to say like five-ish years ago, vape shops started popping up everywhere. So it went from almost entirely online to heavy brick and mortar. And basically all the head shops all over the country turned into vape shops. They also still sold all your pipes and your bongs and all that crap, but they also primarily sold uh, uh, e-liquids, um, which are flavored nicotine-added liquids. Now, not all of them have nicotine. Um, some of them are nicotine free. That's actually one of the parts of like, if you're going to use it to get off of smoking, you start at a specific nicotine level, you step yourself down to zero and then it's just the habit of vaping and you can, you know, eventually maybe stop that habit, but you're not actually physically addicted to nicotine anymore. So anyway, that's vaping in a, in a nutshell. Well, one of the things that's happened over the last, really like the last five years, maybe closer to 10, but I, I want to say the last five years has been really dramatic. Kids have been vaping. Like in droves from middle school up through college, like nobody's business. They don't even have a camel advertisement. No, and, well, vape, and, and vape advertisements don't. I mean, you see some like blue and stuff like that, and jewel advertisements in places, but you don't see them. I think those are more directed to people our age, though. I think kids aren't paying attention to that kind of stuff. So the idea is they've, they've done an emergency in Utah, an emergency rule that restricts the sales of flavored vaping products. So if it doesn't have tobacco flavor or menthol flavor, you can't sell it unless you have a specialty tobacco shop license. So a place like the Tenderbox, which sells specialty tobaccos, can sell um, uh, flavored juices. The thing there is that makes it illegal for gas stations to sell it. It makes it illegal for these vape shops to sell it unless they get a specific license, which, I mean, essentially that's kids are walking into vape shops and buying this shit. Thing is, you can buy it online pretty easily, too. Now, the problems that they're having. So in the case of Utah specifically, the 100 people that have been to the hospital nearabouts, it's a little bit less, over 90% of them admitted to using THC vapes. So these aren't vapes that they can just buy in the store. They're vapes that are laced with THC, which means someone has made that juice. Probably doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And it's probably... Obviously, if it's putting people in the hospital. Well, and it's probably added chemicals in it that are extremely harmful to you to inhale. Like, oh, well, let's just put some fucking furniture polish in with this or something. I don't know. I doubt they're putting furniture polish in. No, but they're putting chemicals or the wrong mix of chemicals that's creating problems. So, Well, or what people don't... Obviously, these people don't realize whatever chemical is in there, you're going to create a chemical reaction. Yeah, and that's like just. I think it. they were saying what vitamin E. Yeah, and they're not they're not understanding because they're not chemists. Like they're not understanding what they're doing when they're creating these THC lace ones, so people can get high through their vape pens uh, and their vaporizers. But what I'm saying is, 90 percent of the people that were admitted to the hospital of these these hundred or so people admitted they were using THC. How many others were using THC and didn't admit it, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm guessing that's probably the case with all of them. And a lot of these, these these cases nationally have actually been linked back to one specific supplier that is, like, in Southern California that is no more. Mm-hmm. Like, the business doesn't exist anymore and just kind of vanished out of thin air. Uh, and so... I just think it, it's a really interesting I story it's to terrifying follow. terrifying because it's burning their lungs. Like, that is... Well, I mean, look, it's no more terrifying than dumbass kids fucking snorting bath salts or smoking bath salts. Like, that's a dumbass thing to do, too. And it, it goes back to, like, if you're going to use an illegal substance, 
such as THC in the state of Utah, it's illegal. You should probably be familiar with where you're fucking getting it and what it's being what it's being created by. The whole point of this is I think it needs to be much more regulated than it is. I don't think the answer is to fucking restrict the sales of the flavored stuff. That's not going to stop the people. Hey, that if are we can't even hurt. regulate baby food, I don't know how they're going to regulate vapes. Yeah, it's it's a little wild to me how unregulated it actually is, and part of it's because they don't know how to regulate it. They don't because it's not it's not a regular tobacco product, right? And and you could sell it without nicotine in it, and suddenly now it's perfectly legal for anyone to buy something that doesn't have the nicotine, right? right. So. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. So anyway, there is an emergency ban, though, and it's going to fuck most of these smoke shops that do all these vape liquids because they don't have a license. And that's like, like if you go, like there's there's one down the street, like half their fucking inventory, at least, is just vape liquids. And they're all fruit flavored. They're all like different, like cotton candy and watermelon and shit like that. They smell so good. They do smell good. Uh, and they taste good. And they're going to probably be out of business, a lot of them, because of that emergency ban. And it's to me, that's not the right way to go about it. Like, I don't think that's actually going to solve the problem, but it exists. So I guarantee we'll see legislation regarding this and probably, like, massive overstepping by the state of Utah uh, come January. No. Just saying, probably you'll have to buy your vape liquids at the at state th- liquor stores <laughs> <laughs> before it's all said and done. <laughs> but you can't go in there until you're 21. It's actually, a, is, didn't we change the smoking age too in the buying of? Uh, in some, I think in, some in the, I thought in the state cities, of Utah, I, I thought think. in the state of Utah we changed it to 21. I thought we did you know, that I, last I session. I think it's just in particular cities. Anyway. Because so, I know that you can in, I think, Saratoga Springs, but you can't in Lehigh. Or vice versa, because I was just talking to the lady at Maverick about it. And don't fucking go to Provo, that's for damn sure, because you can't do anything there. That's very you go true. Provo Vortex. You can get married there. That's true. You can have babies and go to Mormon no, school. No, only if you're married, though. No, but you can still have them. Trust me. <laughs> they have lots of babies there. <laughs> we should we should talk about this on another show and why Utah has a mass as massive a number of adoptions as it does. I found out some interesting stuff yesterday uh, that I think would be worthy of of content for the show. But <laughs> but uh, for today we have one other. We're going to talk to a really fun guest in a little bit. Um, but before that, I want to. Uh, it's still in the spirit of Halloween. We're still pre-Halloween here for another week or so. Um, exactly. want to talk about some uh, legends and folk tales of, uh, of Utah. Uh, and so I know we talked about some before, about uh, like the whales and the, the monster, Bear Lake the monster. Bear and and Old Ephraim. Yeah. But these, these are a little different. And I don't, I don't even know that most of these existed, just little local legends, so... So the legend of Timpanogos, that's the first one, which that's what the mountain range uh, just above Provo is. Yes, if you look at it, it looks like a lady laying down. Right. So she. So the legend, so this one is a legend. The legend is that the the woman of is sent to sacrifice herself to the god of Timpanogos. She's a Native American princess, often referred to as Utana. I hadn't heard that part about the Utana. Uh, but she falls in love with a, with, uh, a brave, uh, and she thinks that the, 
let's see, she falls in love with this brave or, or this other Indian and she thinks that he is the Native God. American. What's Native American? Yes, Native American. First Nationer. She thinks that he is the God sent to appease. Eventually she sacrificed herself so the two of them die with broken hearts. So it's like Romeo and Juliet shit. Kind of. So the, the mountain range though, that's the explanation for why the mountain range looks like it does. And it does. It really does. Yep. If you look at it, it looks like, looks a, like her dying on her side. It's like a, Woman, and that's why so many people die on Mount Timpanogos. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in the if you're in the Timpanogos cave, are you like in her uterus, like that? You know the really big open no, that, room. No, it's she's the other way around. Oh, so is that like her? Like her boobs, boobies, some of her know. memories. But I'm so I'm definitely like traveling down her digestive tract. Is that what? Maybe that could be what that could is. Be. Yeah, those could caves be. are pretty cool. They are cool. So Montezuma's gold, and this is one I had not heard of. Supposedly that there are theories that Montezuma stashed his gold near Kanab, Utah. Hmm. And supposedly there are uh, gold hunters and treasure seekers who go down there looking for it. And supposedly they have found <clears throat> treasure tunnels that they call them, uh, different rooms that exist, but nobody has actually been able to find any of the gold. This is just fucking Mike Noel trying to pe- get people to go to his dumbass town. That's <laughs> all this is. Kanab, Utah has nothing for anyone, so this is just them making shit up to get people to try and go there. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I just don't like Mike Noel or Kanab, Utah. Can, have, you ever, have you ever looked at a map on how to get to Kanab, Utah? You have to we leave have Utah to get to Kanab. It's ridiculous. What about the lady in black? Lady in black. So supposedly the lady in black was traveling with a large number of gold coins um, in in a, in a mining town in early Utah down close to the Bear River. Uh, somebody f- found out that she had the money and they murdered her uh, in a shallow grave and took all the money. So supposedly the, there are sights of the lady in black walking the streets looking for her gold and or the person who killed her. That's another one I had not heard of before. I think these are all bullshit. <laughs> what about the kissing tree? Well, Case Cross is on it. So that's next one. Not to not to jump past the kissing tree, but Case Cross is on here, and we've talked about that one. So at least there's one on here that we've heard of. Yeah. Well, the the legend of the Timpanogos is probably uh, true. Legit, so. True. Uh, so during the pioneer pioneer era in Salt Lake City, there was a tree known by most travelers and lovers as the kissing tree. Uh, at some point around 1933, the tree was cut down and a monument was erected in You know why place. it was cut down, right? Didn't want all those fucking kids spreading disease and kissing under that tree. <laughs> Does the article say where it was at? Or where uh, the monument is at? 316th South, 600 East. So downtown. Oh, that's over, that's by where the well is. There's like a well water over there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a young woman named Marilyn Watson who immigrated to Salt Lake from Scotland, so it was a Scottish problem. <laughs> Damn promiscuous Scots. She was 19 years old, uh, and, um, and she liked purple dresses. Yeah, dancing and flirting with boys. And then uh, she caught pneumonia and died. But the purple lavender of the tree is supposed to be representative of the young woman because she liked. Purple. Lavender and purple. And kissing. Yeah. And trees. Know. It's not a very good legend. <laughs> it's a monument was built because they cut down a tree. Well, they say that she enticed people to, to come kiss at that tree. Or whatever, yeah. yeah. Make out with a ghost. 
Would you do that, Jess? My cat with a ghost. Oh. What if the ghost was really hot? What if it was like? <laughs> what if it was like from the movie Ghost? It was really so it's Patrick yeah, Swayze. Patrick Swayze. He's the Swayzeest. Like Patrick Swayze. Ghost. Like I don't think Patrick Swayze now is a dude you want to make out with. I don't even know what he looks like right Especially now, but I can't imagine. Well, he's dead. He's dead. I was going to say he's dead, so. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine it's good. We do but, not well, want to okay. make out with a so, corpse. <laughs> what about making out with Patrick Swayze now as an actual ghost if he looked like he did in the movie Ghost? Or Roadhouse. You can choose. Dirty Roadhouse. Dancing. Was he in Roadhouse? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. And, and Dirty Dancing. Yeah. yeah. It was the same Patrick Swayze in all three. They were like, they were like <laughs> a year and a half apart. Like. He was the same version. It's not like Sylvester Stallone where like as the years have gotten on, he's gotten like like uglier and bubbly. I want the I want the dirty stunts, dancing though. Patrick Swayze so he can say so nobody Cruise. puts baby in a corner. I put baby on a chain. Sylvester <laughs> 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 so Stallone dark. is full of steroids. My and question Botox. I need I need an answer. I already said no. Yeah, but I'm trying to entice you to do it. So I've I've added some additional. How do you make out with a ghost? Can you make out with a real person? He... <laughs> In the movie Ghost, she fucks the dude, and he's a ghost. No, she, she does. It's no, Whoopi she Goldberg. Basically... <laughs> 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 oh man! It's Whoopi. What it is? See, see what, see what lively conversations she the kissing says. tree has brought upon us. So K's cross, which we've actually talked about this one, the big giant cross in the field with a K uh, carved into the top of it. For Kingsman. But nobody actually knows what the K is for. Some say that the, it was a polygamous leader, killed several of his wives and buried under the cross. They don't even put their name in there? What, who, what? It's, it's the, the Kingsman. Which is one of the big polygamous families. Yeah. And they it's still not, own the property. By the way, it's not his wives. It's all the boys from the family that wanted to. They, they looked at their sisters weird. So he's like, you can't. So if live. you want more about this dead history, did a super awesome write up about Case Cross. I'll link to that. And then. That's it, Jeremy. That's the end of it. Well, no, then the cross is. Oh, Nobody knows how destroyed, it got destroyed. That's what blown the up legend in 1992. Is. No, I mean, it, was, it was intentionally destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's, something's blown up, it's usually intentional. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> no I don't know what. Haven't you ever heard of spontaneous combustion, Jeremy? Yes, but not from stone. Look, crosses. if people started asking questions about where I buried the bodies and started looking at the place I buried them because I put a fucking cross there, I'd probably blow, blow it up too. Yeah. All right. So, so far, so I've gotten away with murder. Why would I let them dig this up? So those That's were, what you think it is. is those are some lame folk tales. Oh, shit, yeah, dude. He killed the boys in the polygamous clan because they were looking at his wives slash daughters and cousins. Look, wives okay. slash daughters and cousins. By the way, folks, polygamy in the state of Utah is not like, I find five women from random places. It is, oh, my brother's daughter looks hot at 12. Not I'm gonna all marry. of them. No, some of them are random places. Yeah. Most of them from the big clans like the Japs and the All Reds and the, the Kingsmen. Jeffs. 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 It's Jeffs, isn't it? No. Jeffs. Jeffs. It's Jeffs. stupid. It doesn't matter. It's the Jeffs. Most of the child rapist clans, <laughs> that's what they do. There is there is polygamy that exists that is like a dude that thinks he can handle more than one wife. Okay, that's cool. I don't know how the women are all right with that. I don't know how women are all, all right with that either. I don't. So, so even like the like, what's the show with the guy and the wives, wives that live in Vegas now? They Stros- live in Arizona, Arizona. now. So 
do I don't I've never actually like watched the show. Do the women love each other or they just love the guy? No. They are So it's not, not. like a polyamorous well, they're like, relationship. Oh, when they're, they're first... amicable, but they are not. But it's well, not and polyamorous. then he divide he no. divorced his no. first wife, his actual only wife. So I know Mary and her brother. Yeah. And so that he could marry his other wife so he could adopt their kids, so right? Why would you why would you do that? Why would you be okay with that as as a person? She's not. She's not. <laughs> but but there are there involved why why are they saying involved with this guy i don't know their kids know. Is tv money maybe but i mean that's what i'm get, saying we like, should actually get mary on the show because she owns a really awesome bed and breakfast that is in parowan that was from like their lineage oh cool and she just bought it back and it's I, awesome so what you're saying is road trip to parowan to the bed and breakfast yeah. It's <laughs> a pretty good idea. That'd be awesome. So I'm just, cause I know people, I know people personally. I've lived. You know with, people? Yeah, it's weird. Whoa. I've lived with a polyamorous relationship. Like. Yeah, no, they're not. A guy and two women that all loved each other, like, conceivably equally. It didn't last. For a time. It didn't last because one of them was, was, really probably more of a lesbian than a bisexual and is married to a woman with a kid now. Um, and the other one's married to a dude with like 12 kids and that other guy is crazy. But, um, I, I, for years they were together as a threesome, as a, as a, a thruple. And it was a, it was a poly, it wasn't like a jealousy thing between one or the other. Like they all three slept in the same bed and. Yeah, no, just definitely. Regular polygamy is not like that. And I don't understand that. Why would you want to do, like, I, that just, I can't, fa- it's a, I can it's, understand the polyamorous part of the religion, thing. like, it's a spiritual thing for them. Like, it's, you just. That's just what I'm supposed to do if I'm asked. Mm-hmm. That's so weird to me. Anyway. So it is our pleasure, uh, this evening to talk to Jude Gilmore, who is, uh, the director of the, Women's Literary Club and, and the Clubhouse, right? That's yes. what it's called. Clubhouse, Clubhouse. on South Temple. So, and you, if you listen to our show at all, you've actually probably heard us talking about the Clubhouse for three or four weeks now. <laughs> at um, least, yeah. Beca- because yeah, of, a month. because of the vote your main street. Um, in fact, earlier in the episode, you already heard Jess say to go vote again, um, with as many emails as you have access to. Thank so. you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Where, where are you guys at on on the the charts there right now? Yeah, so if you go to the website voteyourmainstreet.org, you can click to rank the projects by vote. So anyone can see any day where we're ranking so far. Just yesterday, we dropped from 10th to 11th. Oh, no. That's out of the place for Back up money. to 10th again. Oh. Yeah. So we know now that 11th place is that close to us, and we are right on the edge. So the top 10 gets funded and we are in the hot seat. So we plan to finish around 7th. That's our... <laughs> oh, man. And it goes till the end of this month, right? Yeah, just one more week. It ends the 29th. You can't let the stupid Justina Ford home in Denver beat them. Super boring, right? It's a museum. <laughs> yeah. Museums are cool and all. Bullock- but... No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some really cool places on here, but uh, we should. it would be nice to see Utah get two buildings two years in a row. 
Agreed. Um, and don't vote for the Strand Theater in Rollins, Wyoming. No one fucking goes to Rollins. There's no reason. <laughs> I've lived there. There's no reason to ever, ever, ever go there. There's a gas plant next to it for Sinclair. <laughs> There's an old prison, but the town is worth nothing. Okay, cross them off the list. <laughs> it's like it's like 500 people. It's really not. It's a little bigger than that, but not much. It's yep. also in the middle of Wyoming. Like, there's no reason to visit it. <laughs> Only desperation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I could talk shit on Wyoming all day. Uh, I grew up there, so. Only one who has could talk shit, yeah. I think. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, anyone could really, if you've ever been there. Other than if you've been, if you've, most people are like, Wyoming's beautiful. Where you been? Yellowstone and Jackson Hole. Yeah, that's beautiful, but that's like a that's like sliver the corner. of Wyoming. And Yellowstone isn't even like all in Wyoming. No, it's mostly in Montana, actually. <laughs> a big chunk of Yellowstone is actually Montana. So, um, anyway, so, uh, Jude, uh, you're on to talk a little bit about that, uh, right? Um, but we wanted to talk to you, um, I wanted to talk to you a lot about the literary club because I don't actually care so much about buildings. <laughs> but Jeremy cares about buildings. I do. <laughs> Jeremy's an architect and just oh, likes old stuff, so I care about buildings. <laughs> Jessica likes old stuff. That's why she hangs around with us. Well she she hangs out at like old airfields and like tries to find ghosts there. Are you talking about you and me? Well yeah, you guys are old. Eh? Well you're gonna be yeah, old. Chris next is week. younger than me. That's yeah, true. Yeah, Chris is the youngest. Uh, you're the oldest dude. I'm looking right at you. So for for people that don't know, what is the the women's literary club? Yeah, it's the ladies, the ladies literary, literary club, club with sorry. an apostrophe at the end of ladies. That's how proper oh, these ladies oh, were. Pinkies yes. up. Yes. it's like workers' compensation has a apostrophe at the end of it. It bugs me because I work in the insurance industry and nobody ever puts it there. So yes. what's the what's the difference between a woman and a lady? White gloves and high hats. So these were some rich ladies. So anyone can be a woman. But not well, everyone. No, can because be men can't be women because well, they're men. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, That's... they can dress up as women, but they're not women. If they want to be women are women woman, and they... men are men until Madame, you become a Madame woman. Madame Pacini. Can a man be yeah, a lady? Madame Paterini, yes. Brigham Young's grandson that later Daughter. dressed up and I think most of the time was a well, woman. Well, but if you, I'm not talking about people who identify, if you identify <laughs> as a woman. If you were born male, you're a woman. In my, getting but you're a track. man or a woman. You, you, can a man, again, I gotta go. I gotta go back to the question: Can a man become a lady? Sure. There not? we go. <laughs> well, it, they, a couple did in historically in the ladies' literary club. A couple of men did join the club, and oh, they wow. put them as so, story says they put them on dish duty for a couple of nights. So were they like the houseboys? Yeah, oh. and they, they'd quit. Like the sor- the sh- my daughter, my, like this is what we signed up for. My daughter's a president of a sorority down in, in Southern Utah, uh, Southern Utah University, and they have a houseboy. And he so, comes and does the dishes. And he, things? I'm not sure what he does. I don't know if he actually does that. But <laughs> the, the fraternities have girls that do like a, have a similar role in there. Yeah, and it's not really like do the dishes and stuff. So <laughs> we're talking. So two. Two, that's it. So we're talking like like 1800s. These guys are like, hey, we know how to get the ladies. Yeah. (laughs) I think they just really wanted to make a point. Like, 
you can't be exclusive or something. I don't know what they Only were. we can be exclusive. Right. Yeah. Like the Alta Club was men, men only. Right. And that was right down the street from the clubhouse on South Temple. And so I think they were just, I don't know. I think the women were putting pressure on the men to be able to join their clubs. So the men were putting pressure back on the women. They said, you can join. But we're going to put you on dish duty. <laughs> the role we always get when we join men's clubs, you know, men's groups or the secretary role, whatever. So I think it was a little bit of, you know, spit in the face, but no <laughs> uh, men joined after bad. that. And no transgender women, as far as I know, ever were welcome in the club. And no women of color were ever welcomed into the club. So it was pretty. Oh, so you're backing a white. racist organization. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't, they didn't consider them high society, To be fair, this right? is also, this is also a Utah based organization. There weren't a lot of women of color, probably. Yeah, it was later in the 60s and 70s that more women started to arrive and were like sadly rejected from the club. Like, come on, it's the 60s. It's well, the they 70s, were rejected but... from the Mormon club too, so it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so when was it, when was it founded then? So the ladies, they founded in 1877. That's so cool. Yeah, I was reading a bit about it. This they've done some pretty amazing stuff out of this club. Like it's not it's not a book club. That's right. because right. if you give women power, they do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And these were if you give women money, they do even more amazing things. And these were the wives of early miners, businessmen, non-Mormon women, exclusively non-Mormon women. So it was not. So Church it was funding. the progressive. So Utah, Utah had serious progressive things going on in the 1800s. Very seriously progressive things. Yeah. We had like, you know, uh, national suffragettes coming through Salt Lake just to be like, Hey, you guys, you're on the map. You're doing great work. So Salt Lake was up there with the other cities. Well, I mean, I have goosebumps. We have, <laughs> we were, we were the first to allow. Women to vote. Well, and, and that's that, because we just changed last year the statue that's in DC, uh, to, God, I can't ever remember her name. Martha Hughes Cannon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who first. was a big part of that. And yeah. she was the first elected female, right? Senator, yeah. yeah. And that year she ran against her polygamist husband and won, which it's is pretty cool. Pretty awesome. She's like, I don't like you anymore or your six wives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best wife and I'm going to prove it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, other than swearing, I could be a lady. Yeah, I don't think you can swear and be a lady. I know. Do you have white gloves? Sometimes I I have white gloves. (laughs) (laughs) I think the ladies roll over in their graves sometimes at what goes on in the clubhouse. Nothing too crazy, honestly, yet. Nothing too crazy, but enough that I think we've done plenty of firsts in the clubhouse in the last few years. I bet you guys cross your legs. <laughs> Look at that is now. a no no. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you ever seen the queen and the princesses sit? They don't cross their legs. No, I've See? never. Lady lessons. I never got them. She gets them from Disney Channel movies. I do not. <laughs> like the Princess Diaries stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that I don't watch those shows, but that's not where I get my lessons from. <laughs> I'm noticing the bejeweled headphones you have on, even. Yes, I made these. We are working with a lady. Oh, yeah. I would have it no other way. <laughs> I just. I, <laughs> I just have to be extra. I, I can't settle for just a woman. <laughs> it's got to be a lady. Pinky and all. Yeah. I think I'm a weighty. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle between a woman and a lady. I'm not quite a lady. <laughs> Hashtag weighty. <laughs> you so, wa- they're, wascally weighty? <laughs> they're high society, non-Mormon women. What are... What are are they they doing? Yeah, what are they doing? What aren't they doing? (laughs) Initially, actually, it was an exclusive club called the Blue Tea, and it was invite-only member, like, 
you had to know someone to get into this club. And they said, okay, we don't want to be exclusive. Was it like knock on the door, like little like slide (laughs) secret code? Yeah. There's a gorilla that actually operates it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is not Roger Rabbit. (laughs) And so some women said, wait, this club needs to be open to quote unquote all women, aka other all free thinking women yes and (laughs) so that's when the ladies literary club started was they broke off the blue tea and they said we're open to all so there was those two clubs running coinciding each other for a few years and then the blue tea gave in and joined the ladies literary club so why literary did it start out they were so academic were they they were like beyond their abilities academic they would take on lectures and um huge epic epic novels and not even read them but try to like scan them and teach each other what they're learning from their readings which is incredible then because women really were not allowed to right be educated and read exactly it's like this is the 1870s this isn't like you know 20 years ago right this is really early this is before utah's a territory yeah so really early and um, Brigham so was still making booze. Yeah, it was Brigham Street. You know, they, that's why they built their house on South Temple 30 years later is because they were like taking, you know, trying to take back that which was taken from them in those early days, being the minority of the non-religious group. So they were really intense ladies. I think they were not to be messed with. They're like fight club in the basement. They, well, <laughs> like were they kind of, the kind of ladies that like delivered shit sandwich pies to people like in <laughs> the help? That still disturbs they would, me. They wouldn't do time. it personally. Right. They have messengers, I'm yeah. sure. If you're a lady, you don't do the dirty work yourself. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure the person, that lady in the help was a lady. Just because she delivered a shit pie doesn't mean she wasn't a lady. <laughs> a lady in what? The help. Oh, yeah. I don't know why that movie just keeps popping in my head right now. <laughs> I, that movie was great. Is that the only show you've ever watched where there's ladies? Ladies? No, no. Because no, you make me watch stupid movies all the time. <laughs> I don't make you watch anything. <laughs> Just because you watch over my shoulder. I have never seen the Titanic, though, and I'm sure there's ladies hey, in the Titanic. There are ladies either. in Titanic. You haven't either? You should watch it sometime. I, That's my one, it used to be one of I my daughter's it's favorite not, movies. It's not in my list of ambitions, like, to see the Titanic. Yeah, it's either. weird, though. It doesn't seem to fit Cassidy. It sinks at the end. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Way to ruin it for everyone. Oh, <laughs> But there complete. are ladies on that boat. Yes. Oh, yeah, I would assume. The unsingable Molly Brown. Yeah, but she's one. not a lady. Like she is not a lady. She is a she's she tries to be, but she is she's new money. They don't like her. Old money's where it's at. Yeah, yeah you got to get your money from the mines and the railroads. Yeah, and, exactly. and shipping and mm-hmm. that's a lot of it on the Titanic. They talk about that. So how did they hold their ground <laughs> on South Temple? Yeah, so it took 30, 40 years. Let's see, 19, 1877 until 1913. Anyone quick with math there? It's like 30 years. Yeah, so 40? I feel like it's closer to 40, but I'm not going to. 77 and 13. <laughs> yeah, so 35. 35, perfect. We were both it's right. It's right yeah. in the middle. Yep, so thirty. it took them 35 years before they were able to build that epic of a clubhouse. Though they did have a, a first clubhouse down the street, it's now replaced by a parking lot of course. near the massage school on <laughs> Paradise. Yes, exactly. I was just thinking that same thing. Yep. We're good at that here in Utah. So they did have a clubhouse previous to this clubhouse, but they had to sell that first clubhouse in order to even buy the land on South Temple. And then it took them a couple of years. They took out a bunch of bonds and within nine years had paid it off. So they owned the wow. building from like 1922 Impressive. until 2013. 
So that's really cool. The, in the beginning, they bounced around from ladies to ladies' house, just you know, book more book club style until they became bigger and bigger. Needed the school space, and it, their first clubhouse was more of like a schoolhouse, kind of epic. Like when you see photos of the dark wood schoolhouses. I don't know how to describe that better, but it's very classic looking. And they had to um, sell that building once their membership reached over 250 ladies. Wow. So that was the year 1910. They decided, okay, we're going to build a new clubhouse. And that's when they bought the lot on Brigham Street, South Temple. And it took them a couple of years for construction to finish. But by 1913, they opened the doors to the clubhouse and they had a huge campaign that year to bring up their membership. And by 20, uh, 1914, the year after they opened the doors at Clubhouse, they had over 500 members. Wow. So this was huge. And they had uh, membership fees or an annual membership if you wanted to be a life member. And um, that sustained, that really is what sustained the building all the way until 2013. Did any of those life memberships get put in trusts? Like you can, like they're still around. I just really want to know that. I know. I need a historian that's going to, can come and just go through all of the data that we do have about the Ladies Literary Club. I'll you volunteer you. yourself? <laughs> I volunteer. So you said until 2013. Yeah. So what happened in 2013? Did the club just kind of dissolve? Was Yeah, they technically disbanded, though they did continue to meet for a year, year and a half after that point. Was it still like the socialites or was it? Does Utah have socialites? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, like it was kind of like the socialites grandchildren. It was Mrs. Huntsman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was the only one left. Yeah, yeah there's still, I mean, the, the, the members who are still alive are really, um, you know, well-known women in their days, but... Now, the younger generations would have no idea who any of these women were. So that's what the club saw over time was just a disconnect. Where they still, like, operated and existed here in their clubhouse on South Temple, but the younger generations just sort of forgot about them. So they continued to maintain club life all the way till 2013, but new members just weren't joining They're like, anymore. Grandma, we're not interested in exactly. your Exactly. And they're like, what about this clubhouse, though? And so it, by 2013, there were maybe a couple dozen members left. We don't know the exact number. And they chose to disband as a club and give the building away as a gift to Preservation Utah, formerly Utah Heritage Foundation, who I believe was on the show just a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sure was. She was great. Right before their, their right little... before their modern home tour. Yeah, I'm so glad I went to that. That was really cool. That was a super successful day. It was really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. So fun to see how Especially the green out. bathroom. How does one like accept a home like that as a gift? Like that's incredible. It's a big deal. And Preservation Utah has done that a number of times in the, their 50 years of life as a nonprofit and it can be uh, a lot of work for a group to flip a building like that mm. sometimes it's easier you find a seller you find a new buyer no problem this building specifically the lady said we have a few uh, asks of you take on this building and keep it open to the public don't let it get torn down and ideally keep it in the arts and education realm and so Preservation Utah said, sure, great. Yeah, no problem. They have experience running Memorial House, a venue down mm -hmm. in Memory Grove. Mm -hmm. So that's where their offices are located. They do great with weddings and events there, but they aren't a venue company, event company. They're a preservation group. So they held the clubhouse for three years, running it as a venue, not really knowing how to uh, ask what it's really valued at for. Um, so they struggled to keep that building going, and it was kind of sinking the organization, really, because it was a huge weight. But there was a lot of eyes on them in that moment. Okay, you just got this building. What are you going to do? So when they put it back on the market, 
I think there was a lot of frustration in the community. They thought, okay, they're not holding their word to what they told the ladies they would do. So they actually re- rejected a dozen offers because they were not the right fit, according to what the ladies wanted, until we came along as Photo Collective Studios said, of course, we'll keep this amazing venue open to the public. Of course, we'll keep doing arts and education. And of course, we'll never let this thing get torn down. So they were very relieved to accept our offer. And that was in 2016. So from 2013 to 2016, those were the three years where it wasn't owned by the ladies, wasn't yet owned by us. And the preservationists really held it down to make sure it made it into the right hands. That's amazing. It is. Because when you drive down South Temple, like I always, this is how my brain works. I always think about all of those buildings and like how it looked back then. And to see something like that with the possibility of going away, like it just would be. And what's unique about the clubhouse is so many people have not seen it. So it would have gotten torn down and forgotten so quickly. Whereas some buildings, you know, like the city and county building downtown, the one that looks like a castle, it was up for demolition at one point and it was saved by Preservation Utah and the community in general. Uh, because obviously, you know, nowadays we're like, of course, why would we ever tear down that building? But I work right behind right it while they did all of that restoration what? that they just finished a little bit ago. Yeah, it's a constant re- preservation of historic buildings is an endless project. So the Ladies Literary Club could have very easily been torn down. It's thanks to Preservation Utah that it's still standing. It's right across the street from the Madison, right? Like from Kitty the um, Maryland. The Maryland. Yes. I answer with M. The one that was in Hereditary. <laughs> yes, it's incredible <laughs> apartment complex. <laughs> Very historic, beautiful architecture. Does it have a... So I've been inside, well, just like on the main level, but does it have like um, property to it, like in the back also? Clubhouse? Uh Mm, There used to be more. We know there was an apartment complex built just two doors down that took some of the parking from behind the clubhouse in order to accommodate however many units they needed. And the clubhouse was probably very underutilized at this point in time. So we know there was more space back behind the clubhouse, but it got snagged up by another property. So we'll see what we can do to get some of that back. So we're actually quite limited in our behind the building parking. We use neighbors parking lots and other lots on the block, which is great. We're building a community by, you know, saying welcoming the events into the neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, right. We're the new kids on the block. So we have to be a little careful introducing events and different communities into the neighborhood. But so far, the the neighbor, the direct neighborhood has been very receptive. You said that there's a lot of paperwork and history to go through. Does that mean that there are like old photos, old records of these women? Oh, it's delicious how much (laughs) content there is. It's truly, oh, it's remarkable. And honestly, the it's clear the women were not photographers. We don't have a lot of photographs from everyday things, but we do have some specific special events that got documented, usually by a Tribune photographer or something like that. Um, so we have some of their birthday annual celebrations, some really incredible early photographs from like 1913 when the building was first built. There's this, <laughs> I can't even describe, you'll have to just post it with this podcast, but it's this birthday cake playlet <laughs> photograph where it's these women in 1913 on the stage, all dressed up as a birthday cake. And it's like, wow, thank goodness we captured that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so we're having fun with those kinds of things, projecting them into the space during certain events, or um, we don't really use them for advertising, obviously, because these are historic images that belong to the historic archives here in Utah. So 
Um, I can't imagine they would be stingy about like sharing that. Right. Uh, we're the one group that would be able to use photographs of the Ladies Literary Club, but we're careful not to try to say that we are the Ladies Literary, Literary Club or that we represent them in any way because they were truly an incredible group of women and we are the clubhouse. They're the, the, the echo of their building, you know, and so we don't use the name Ladies Literary Club in anything that we do, but we are so grateful for all the content and then the best piece of written history is this book called The Fif- First 50 Years, <sighs> something like that, A Historian's Guide to the First 50 Years of the Ladies Literary Club. And it's written in 1927, so only 14 years into the clubhouse clubhouse's life. And it's about the first 50 years of the Ladies Literary Club. And the, wow, just reading it, the historian's language, her grammar, it's like, oh, I, I I could not even have a conversation with this woman because she could tell that I just not <laughs> at that level of class and it's incredible. So you don't have a PhD in English literature. <laughs> yeah, really though, it's like wow. I learned so much just reading this little history book about the Ladies Literary Club about the women just based on the grammar alone. It's incredible. Well, people tend to write more formally than they speak though, because I tend to do that. I know so. Maybe maybe you would have had. I write more T's. <laughs> I write <laughs> totally. T's when I write mountain. Mount, 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 not an apostrophe. Mountain. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so these these women were not born here. I would assume. Correct. Correct. Do we know most where they came them, from? Most of them come from the East Coast and Europe to the East Ooh. Coast and to here. So a lot of them were actually converted to Mormonism by missionaries because when the Mormons first got here, they did a really hardcore missionary campaign. Sent missionaries everywhere. So a lot of them joined the church, got out here, and then they're like, whoa, this is totally not what we expected. I know. Yeah. And oh, so, shit, I got to marry a dude that's got four other wives right. already. It was kind of like, a, you know, pulled the rug out from under him. So a lot of them got here because of the missionary effort. And then they were like, oh, well, we're here now. So let's build our own life. And that's where. That's awesome. Yeah. That's this great. counterculture. It's so fascinating. From the very beginning, there's always been a really strong counterculture. It's just not the story we get told growing up here. Yeah, for sure. I know about it. I'm part of the counterculture. <laughs> I was never Mormon. That's awesome. Yeah, she's Catholic. Dodged it. Growing up Mormon. Here in Utah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reaction says it all. So I'm actually curious. Um, we, I mean, we're, we're half an hour into this interview almost. Um, how about you? Where are you yeah, from? I forgot to ask. Oh, I'm the ghost of the ladies reincarnated, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you crossed your legs. Uh, dang it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder, you know, about past life stuff, blah, blah, blah. How am I karmically connected to this building? I have no answers to that kind of thing. But um, I personally got here. I think a few of the major steps along the way that brought me here was studying architecture. I grew up here in Utah, just uh, Centerville out by Bountiful. I moved to the city when I was 18 and it was a culture shock. Literally <laughs> moving from Davis County to Salt Lake City was a culture shock. That's just how you want. I did. Me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Vikings. <laughs> Cute. My yeah. uh, ex-husband, that guy that was upstairs when you came in, he's, uh, he lived in Bountiful. Bountiful. Oh, no way. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. We were right on the Bountiful Centerville line. So and, no way. And for people that don't oh, know Utah, just so you know, Bountiful and Centerville are like Five minutes away from Salt Lake like, City. Literally, West they're the next Salt town north. Literally, <laughs> ten minutes—a ten-minute drive from in Salt traffic. Lake proper. Yes, to Centerville, and it was a culture shock. Moving, I just you know, in Centerville, it's like 
98% Mormon uh-huh. or whatever. And no, it's like 99.9%, yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's like it's like living in Orem. Yes, yeah. yes. So moving to Salt Lake was a big deal for me at 18, and everything changed in that moment. Within a year, I had left the church, and I was studying architecture. The U was the only program in the, in the state that was licensed for architecture certification. So I went to the U because of architecture, graduated with a bachelor's degree, knew that I wasn't ready to go on to get a master's. I was like 21 and I just didn't want to go sit behind a computer the rest of my life. And so I broke away from that and was getting bombarded by the whole tiny house thing at the time. Everyone was like, you're totally into like nooks and crannies and you're studied architecture. Like you should do this tiny house thing. And I was like, yeah, of course that seems really cool, but whatever. And so mm. after a couple of years, I, I realized that's, that's kind of all I had coming next for me was this idea of a tiny house. I didn't really have any other direction for my life at that time. I was a bike messenger. I raced illegal bike alley cat races all around town. <laughs> like I was super into that punk scene and everything, but I didn't really have a future yet until I started to build the tiny house. And that brought an interesting momentum into my life. I met my partner. We accidentally conceived in that tiny house, now have two kids, like everything came you still, from Do you the still house. live in the tiny house we with two kids? We do live in the tiny house with two kids. Okay, I, I got to ask, because the tiny house thing, I've never understood. I could do it by myself, but like, I could not do it with anyone else. I, I see people that, like, on the shows that go to the tiny houses from these big houses with their kids, and I'm like, how do you do that? Like, there's no, there's no privacy at all. And like, how do you, like, I don't understand how a kid's going to grow up and have some sense of normalcy when they have no privacy at home. Totally. That's a very good question. I don't, so I, I'm just curious from a big family, maybe it's probably about the same. Cause I can't, cause I can't ask that totally. question to the people on TV, but you live, you built tiny house and, and you live the tiny house life. Like, how does that work? You know, you, you start to really appreciate the power of walking outside when you need to. And suddenly your front porch becomes everything you need it to be. And so the, it's, it's less about the space you do have. And it. so the privacy question is interesting though. I've never really thought about that. I mean, obviously there's times where we're standing in the clubhouse, which is a huge space and all four of us are within like two feet of each other. And it, just, because yeah. we're so used to being in close proximity. So we will be the little closet in the tiny house is like, I don't know six feet by five feet and all four of us will be standing in there like trying to get dressed at the same time and it's like okay family but that's just how comfortable <laughs> it is we're just so used to just moving around to you know watching each other's elbows and so but then when someone needs a break you step outside or you go into the clubhouse or whatever and it's pretty easy and there's kind of no like because we're so close to each other we don't have to keep track of each other as much. I don't know. It's so kind of like tiny, you know where each other is. The or tiny isn't. house is right there with the clubhouse. It is currently. I'm I'm ready to move it somewhere else just for the separation of work. But um, it's super convenient right now having kids to just be on site. How how big is your tiny house? It was built onto a flatbed trailer that was like seven and a half feet wide by eighteen feet long. So it's those are the outer dimensions. Inner dimensions would be slightly smaller than that. And then it's tall on one end. It's like 11 feet tall on one end. and it So you have like a loft area. Yeah. So that's where the adult loft is. And then there's a small loft on the other side for the five-year-old. That's, it's that, pretty tiny. That's, it's, <laughs> I, I don't... 
Because I, we live in this house, and it's just. Well, I know, but you used to live in like apartments. And I grew up in a trailer. Yeah, I I grew up in a mobile home, and I hated it. Like I always felt like we were on top of each other, and you know, I was a poor. I'm an only child, so so. I need my space. (laughs) But that's a that's a. I've never met someone that's actually done the tiny house thing. I people say I'd love to downsize into a tiny house. I'm like, there's no way you could do that. Yeah, a lot like, of people I know dream. you. There's zero chance that you could do that. You, I think you have to start pretty fresh in order for it to be comfortable, as comfortable as you make it sound. Because, like at this point, there's just no way. It's just the two of us, but we have a dog that's going to be 80 pounds. We have the Chihuahua. We yeah, have that two is cats. limiting. I like, bet you don't have an 80 pound yeah. dog. Animals are another question entirely. And, and like. I don't know what I would have done with my kids when they were teenagers and hated each other and I didn't want to be by them and we all just needed to be alone. Yeah. Like there's not enough room in the outdoor world when you cannot shut a door on the other person. <laughs> like if I can still see you, you are too close to me. We might have to build another tiny house. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have but, boys? But maybe both? one and one. But maybe that, maybe that two when girls yeah. are horribly messy. Maybe two though when, you know, if you're a kid growing up in that environment, it's not you, you, it's not like a, uh, I know better. I know different. So exactly. it's like I likened it to Jeremy because he has a big family and they never had like a huge, huge house. So yeah, proportionately I up, similar. Yeah. I mean, you right. didn't ever have time alone or no, I was shut room. Like every place in my house was mine. See, I shared a room too. I had seven siblings and I shared a room until I said, okay, I'm going to empty this closet over here. And live in this closet. And my mom said, that's fine. Just make sure you put all the stuff somewhere where I don't notice it. And so I just emptied the whole closet. I think it was the food storage closet. Emptied the whole thing. It was under the stairs. And I moved into the so closet you like under the stairs. So you had a straight up Harry Potter room. Straight up. Yeah. Nice. nice. And it was simply because I needed my own space. So I've always done that whole like build my own room into the room thing. And the tiny house works for us for now, but when I visit other people's houses, I'm like, wow, a whole room for sitting and reading a book. <laughs> so it's like, but the, and it's, it's all perspective too. Like, like my front room doesn't really ever get used. We just sit sitting talk. there waiting for these guys. It's a waiting room. Yeah. Well, kind of. so like the couches are really comfortable, even though they don't look like it. It's interesting because <laughs> our kids will sit, cause you know, our kids went to private school, um, and they'll go to their friends' houses and some of their friends' houses are just monstrous like, like our house would fit in it three times four yeah. or five thousand square foot homes and they come home and they're like are we poor <laughs> <laughs> no we're not poor we're just not super rich like you know this is the, the house that we have like middle class and, and also <laughs> you guys are both gone and like now this is there's two rooms in our house that never get used the doors just stay shut because well, it's the girls room i i use cassie's closet because i <laughs> i really do need my own closet i don't blame you but but like that's you know it's even be at a point where like now this is our studio we've turned this into a studio to use. Yeah, this the space, used to be so. a playroom, and, and then, then it was like a storage a room. Generic like everybody just threw their crap in here room. Oh, so we cleaned it out. And it's awesome. So, yeah, and, and he have has work, his own office. The work home life thing going on it really saves the day. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's just interesting. I've I've never met any. I'm sorry we cool. went down that weird path. Oh, I love it. Cool, that's interesting. Uh, that's the the tiny house concept is really interesting to me because I just I can't fathom it now being an adult with the capability to not do it. I could do it alone, <laughs> but not with other people. Yeah. I mean, I could probably do it with just like just you. We could probably like I could totally see. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Living <laughs> living in a small Winnebago for a year. No, I don't think you could do it because how often do you say I'm going down to my office? 
Yeah, but I would figure that out. There was, there's no office <laughs> in a tiny window. Sometimes the office go. is some headphones, you know? Yeah. I'd figure that out. I'm going to drive. You You stay in the back for now. <laughs> like, I like, you know, the smaller Winnebago's that are like the size of like a minivan, basically. Yeah. A little bit taller. Like, I could totally <laughs> see. I'm sure I'm short enough I could seat. stand. Yeah, the, the dog thing makes it difficult. Like, part of why yeah. we have a house with a big yard is we like to have a big dog. Well, and the other thing is like, we entertain. There's like a group of friends that, what are there, like seven, eight couples? Like, you can't have 16 people in a tiny house. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, we but could try. Have, you guys want to come over sometime? But see, we they have, have, they have, they have the, uh, the clubhouse. Yeah. Exactly. There, so. Right. But, but you didn't buy, didn't. but you didn't buy the clubhouse just to make your house bigger. <laughs> 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 like, I'm pretty sure you would have come up with a different solution like, there. Jude, so, did you have some sort of an agenda here? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually my house. <laughs> so, I, I, you said that, uh, the, the, what, photo collective studios. So is that just the, the business that you and your partner uh, run together? Yep. What, what is that business? Yeah. So it started as a space, a studio space down by the road home. So the address was 261 West, 561 West, 200 South, right by the Greek town train station. Oh, in yeah, Salt Lake. Yeah. That was historically a red light district. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, a really rough part of town, serious drug tra- traffic. Those are ladies of the night, different kind yes, of ladies. Yes, it was. And Not so, pinkies up ladies. No, pinkies no. down ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Other things up ladies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a very different part of town. And that building that we occupied there was also historic. It was a old uh, Greek that's the restaurant. Same, that's the same place that uh, Raven lives, right? Right in that area? Art space and other. He's on top of. Uh, he's like across from Rose Establishment. Yeah, yeah. So just a block uh-huh. here, yeah. Pump. It's the yeah. same, same west. exact area, and yep. it is that area. It's pretty. It's pretty wild. Seedy. Yeah, and so we saw it through that whole Operation Rio Grande thing when the, like, the military police force came out and <laughs> scared everyone away, and that was interesting. But honestly, in the six and seven years that we were down there at that location, it was a photo studio. We hosted events, classes, workshops, all these different things. It was always felt safe to me until suddenly the neighborhood was removed overnight via police force presence. So I, that's when I no longer felt comfortable in the neighborhood when it was suddenly just empty. Which is, which is weird because it's like walk out your door and have to clean up, you know, human feces, needles, yeah, drug like a little bit of everything. Yeah. When I worked at Salt Lake Stamp, I never really thought of it as a dangerous place because my dad had always worked there until. Like, it was pointed out to me, like, you know, you're just kitty corner from St. Vincent's and the homeless shelter. So I used to work in the, oh gosh, it's next to the Watergate building, right on the very corner of um, where Gateway is. Gosh, what is that? Third West and Second second South. South. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to work in that building that they've converted into homes. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful building. Yeah. So I actually worked there when it was still... Seedy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like... The, the, the only time I ever really had a problem is I, I parked in a, I had to park in the parking lot next door and I had to walk around on the sidewalk to get to my door and some guy like wouldn't let me go past. And luckily one of my coworkers was looking out the door and like came and got me. But there used to be a guy, <laughs> he'd sit in his wheelchair and he had one of those orange bike flags and he'd try and go out into traffic and get hit by cars. <laughs> I never thought of that. Like it just. My dad had worked at Salt Lake Stamp forever. My mom yeah. used to work in the manufacturing thing above. They used to stamp out the old um, trays that the Mormons took their 
the sacrament. sacrament from, the metal ones. So the big stamping machine was there. And when they do it, like it would literally shake the foundation of the building. Oh my God. And I just didn't even ever think about it. That's why that building has since been structurally reinforced with steel on the outside of the building. Yeah. So they've, they've changed it all and they, they dug out what used to be, they used to have like the printing presses, um, for the big, they used to make box stamps, box dies to so printed cool. boxes yeah. in the basement. They, carved all that out it's all parking and stuff now yeah i love the west side that area there's so many warehouses with really beautiful history and a lot of them have been torn down and are continuing to be torn down and we knew the building we were renting in would probably be torn down eventually we knew we needed to find a more permanent option for us and and our landlord was saying hey you guys are a photo studio not an event venue and we're like hey what's the difference really though come on <laughs> yeah but we just hold little did, private events where people take pictures there's always cameras i mean come on <laughs> so he did not like the direction we were going and and we you know it was the west side we could do events till 4 in the morning no problem and so that was wearing on us too though we still thought we needed a warehouse so we started looking this was in to, uh, late 2012 started looking for a more permanent location for ourselves not really knowing how it would all pan out, but we toured for six months various warehouses on the west side looking for, you know, something garage doors, grade level where we could roll big production trucks in and have huge shoots and, of course, events. But we were not finding anything and it was very discouraging. We we're like, okay, should we just like quit and get real jobs? <laughs> and that was definitely on the table <laughs> until finally a couple of different real estate agents said, I think you're looking for the ladies literary club. And we were like, yeah, no, I don't think. That's awesome. Yeah, some they knew. Just based on our description of what we were trying to do, they were like, this is the building for you. And it just didn't sound like the right building, you know, the Ladies Literary Club. Were you expecting like a pink, pink and purple gothic? <laughs> like, You know, it's hard to imagine. Like, it's hard to imagine what a Ladies Literary Club even is. So when we walked in the front door. It's a book club where they read like, you know. Books. Shades of gray. <laughs> Shades of gray. Oh, I wonder if they ever got their hands on that. <laughs> you know, we know so many things about the club, and yet we know so little about what really went on from day to day at that club. You know, the interpersonal stuff, the good stuff. Maybe they let their hair down in there and they cross their legs. Right? <laughs> so talk about, like, the architecture of the building. Oh, and, like, my gosh. Thank you. I'd yeah. love to. So um, there's this type of architecture called prairie school style. And it's uh, Frank Lloyd Wright is the architect behind it. And this is a little bit pre-Art Deco. So some oh, no, people... No wonder you were so into that event that <laughs> Preservation held. Because he did like all those damn houses. Yeah, much. the modern... Exactly. It's <laughs> very much of that style. So the uh, that prairie school style of architecture really came out of Chicago, where Frank Lloyd Wright was practicing. And there were actually two architects who studied in Chicago in the early 1900s and then came out to Utah and practiced here. And one of them was working for the firm Warren Draganza, who built the clubhouse. So there's that direct uh, lineage from Chicago in this building. And it is the best example of prairie school style architecture in the state of Utah, in my opinion. There are very few commercial buildings still standing that used this kind of architecture. So a few of the features of prairie school style is from the outside, you'll see a lot of heavy horizontal lines. So the roof looks really big and heavy and like almost like it's going to be really dark inside the building. And there's a lot of horizontal lines like the porch line, the roof line are these big, long bars. And then within those horizontal lines, it's broken up by vertical windows, sets of windows. And those are usually stained glass windows when it's prairie school style. So the build art, the clubhouse, honestly, I don't even know how many windows we have. 
We have dozens yeah, of stained glass of windows. Yeah. Yes, from twelve feet tall and four feet wide to um, these more narrow one foot by five. The foot ones windows. on the west side are rad. They're incredible. Those ones are needing the most love. The west side heat here in Utah will, will like melt these windows over time, and they are they are. The guy called them falling. He says, "Oh yeah, your your stained glass windows will always be falling." It's just a matter of when we repair them. You know, like falling windows. That's an interesting phrase. So some of the um, other features when you walk in the doors of the clubhouse with prairie school style, that horizontal, they like to bounce. Uh, it's kind of a play of polarities. So you walk in and suddenly the whole space becomes very vertical, very uplifting. And the light forces your eyes up. You can't help but just stare around at the ceiling and the detail, especially once you walk into the grand auditorium. Um what one of my favorite features though is the stage. The stage. Some people ask, so when was the stage built in? Like when did they remodel this place with a stage or whatnot? And it's like, how could you ever imagine this place being anything other than this clubhouse that it is? But the stage has this gorgeous proscenium with the most decorative patterns around it. And it's all been whitewashed now. The whole building has been painted on the inside. And we don't we know some things about some of the colors of the walls and what used to be, but we're we're happy it's been painted, but there are some details that we know have been covered that we would love to try to restore over time. But that's when like right now, we're competing for a grant for some serious uh, brick and mortar restoration projects. Over time we'd like to do some of the more artsy ones, like the restoration of the person. Right now you're trying to keep the building from falling exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Someday we'll do the details. That's really cool. And so those those grants, like we we talked about the 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 vote your main street stuff last year, we were able to get the pickle building, uh, old pickle factory, right? Isn't that what it was? Yeah. Uh, that one uh, through this this grant, and they were able to do some some serious work with the grant money. So it would be really cool for you guys to be able to pick that grant money up and and work on the building. Thanks. We're crossing our fingers. So like the the building itself, um, it's. It's pretty much original, right? Like nothing's yeah. really been changed other than some paint, right? Exactly. The lighting fixtures, some curtain colors have changed. Um, you don't use the kitchen. A, you don't use like early 1900s uh, lighting. Fire anymore. like lanterns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the electrical is still very old. The, oh, yeah. the, there's an electrician that's still come probably and like said, old knob and tube. Exactly, and he says it's the best. This one guy says it's the best knob and tube he's ever seen. As far as the quality of it, it's still pretty good. Well, I'm sure those ladies paid a, a, a pretty penny to do it right. They had the best, but it all needs to be, you know, it's not replaced. Too, but it's still not good. <laughs> <laughs> it will eventually. Yeah. I don't even want to say. We did yes. stuff in the cathedral, the building to the side of it. And, oh, is this right next to the cathedral? Uh, no. Which? That's pretty good. The, the, the cathedral, cathedral of the Madeline. Madeline? The, yeah. Yes. Same street. It's just a few yeah. blocks just up. A couple yeah. blocks up. So mm-hmm. the, the building that's to the side is where the graduates get ready when they, when, uh, when Judge and St. Joe's and uh, Juan Diego graduate. <clears throat> and you have to have them leave this the circuit breaker room open because there's steamers. We have steamers that steam the gowns and all that kind of stuff. And it just constantly it just trips, the oh, trips the breakers there because it's just, it's just old. The buildings exactly. are just super, super old and they haven't really updated the electrical. So I imagine you run into some of those kinds of things with knob and tube where... It just doesn't accommodate. Mm. Yep. Back then, most buildings you only had to have one outlet per room. Oh my god! 
gosh. Can oh. you imagine? They were not <laughs> using crock pots back <laughs> they didn't, they, then. No. Uh, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't computers. Or most people like, didn't even have electricity. So it's like, should we put one? I don't know. That might be overkill. But let's do it. <laughs> well, there wasn't and then a when TV. They it was like on, a, maybe a radio. They just hooked more th- things to this one thing that was meant to you know maybe have I mean, a, to, to a transistor be fair, radio we didn't like, really know how electricity worked entirely like electricians in the early 1900s weren't exactly like they're not like they are today they didn't necessarily understand like how much a load of circuit could take like exactly trial and error yeah yeah <laughs> is there a balcony in that Yes. Room? I didn't look up when I was in oh there, my gosh. but I yes. should have. <laughs> yeah. When you first walk into the building, there's a set of stairs, these beautiful stairs. And if you go that up there, sense. that's the library. And the library was very private for the, a long time. It was like the private conference room for the ladies club. And so now we keep it open. Sometimes it's used as like a VIP lounge for events. Sometimes it's uh, just a small class workshop type of room. But you walk through the library and out onto this balcony that overlooks the whole auditorium. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. I, I am so grateful for that balcony. It really brings a certain uh, dynamic to parties where there's room for the extroverts to be in the middle of the dance floor and to be seen in the auditorium. But there's room for people to walk up onto the balcony and just watch. You know, so I really appreciate that aspect of the auditorium. Uh, are you guys are you guys doing a good job with with being able to rent this thing out? And, yeah, and I mean, events? in my opinion, we are getting we get at least an inquiry a day. For the space. That's really good. The problem is nobody has any money <laughs> in Salt Lake City. You know, like my partner is a professional photographer and we see this constantly where if he were to be shooting in another city, in another state, we could be charging four times what we oh charge my God. here. Salt Lake and photographers. This is something that drives me bonkers. People will be like, oh, you can take. Oh, suddenly I'm a photographer because I have a freaking digital SLR and I know basics about Adobe. Photoshop. Well, everybody has a. Has a cousin. Oh, my cousin will take our pictures. You know yeah. what we call them? Momtographers. Yeah. Well, and even like, but that, what happens because of that is then they go to a professional photographer and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. That's not, it's not worth my time to do it for a hundred bucks. Like, exactly. Cake making is the same. Yeah. Like, it's, I, I just don't, and like, people don't want to pay more money for it, but it's like, if you want it done professionally, that's right? what it costs. And so we're lucky in that people will come back to us sometimes, especially in the realm of photography, where they're like, okay, we hired a nobody and they didn't deliver. And so now we got to do it again. We're like, okay, so next time just come to the professional, you know? And so same thing with the venue. We think this is one of the best venues in the city. It's definitely a small venue, like for a seated dinner, the capacity is only like 140 or so, which is a smaller venue compared to some of these like... Bigger conference types, conference center types of venues. Um, but I still think it's one of the best in the city. And so we've been, although like it is, it's intimate and it, it, it makes room for these, um, experiences instead of just, you know, like a bar show or something. If we have live music, the, the band wants to hang out with the audience afterwards because of the engagement that's there with the stage. There's just something that's different. So it really becomes more of this house show, you know, and it really, and from the street even. Everything that goes on at the clubhouse looks like a house party. It just looks like a you know a fun you just intimate see a house lights party. And stuff in the window, mm-hmm. and people out on the and porch. And then you walk in and you're like, oh wow, there's a whole auditorium. There's a whole you know stage going on in here. And yeah, so with the venue, we are definitely booking our weekends, but we have room to fill our weekdays. So we would like to take these inquiries that are coming in who don't have budget, who are trying to get their program off the ground, their workshop, their offering, whatever it is. We want to find a way to facilitate those things more on our calendar 
because right now we're really prioritizing getting our name known as a high class event venue. And we make room for some of the arts and education things like film premieres or art galleries, you know, big shows. Uh, even just this last weekend, we had this vendor market that was super successful, 20 different vintage and secondhand vendors that came in and set up their booths. Hundreds of people. Oh, that's through. cool. Yeah, it was super successful. So sometimes it's fun community things like that, or other times it's more of a corporate gala or a wedding or a family private party, whatnot. As you say, this would be a great space for a small wedding. Oh, the weddings are so... Compared to running a warehouse... This space is built for being gathered in. It really is the yeah, easiest. Yeah, because that big auditorium, it's just such an open, inviting space, like, all the way through. Looking you can at have your the funeral there, too. Yes. <laughs> you can. Maybe the ladies literally club will actually uh, Is it haunted? That's what I want to know. Oh, yes. yes. It def- I mean, you know, haunted has the connotation of it being, like, you know, scary. How many no. ladies were murdered there? <laughs> I think at least that's one. That's my book. <laughs> but that's just theory. <sighs> That's theory. Jess wants to go study now and find out how well, many how many men wanted to be in a ladies club were murdered there, <laughs> <laughs> and how many women that weren't ladies were murdered. There. <laughs> yes, this is all to be determined. You'll never know because a lady doesn't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely some ghosts. Um, we they were very present when we first bought the building, and as we started tearing out carpets, taking off wallpapers. There was just a lot of movement going on, you know, a lot of energy movement. And neither of us see ghosts, but we give a lot of tours of the building. And uh, when there's like 25 rooms in the basement and people comment on the same one room every time without any mention from us of anything going on. It's like, okay, there's got to be a pattern here. Or there something. is really 25 rooms in that There are that 25 room? rooms in the basement. How many of them are full of what? books and manuscripts? And <laughs> that is that? Only like awesome. one closet. <laughs> That's yeah, a lot huge. of rooms, so you could hide a lot of bodies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why there are, I think, Is any of the concrete ghosts. like fresher than other concrete? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting detective brain here. <laughs> I think he's just looking for some place to hide me. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's room. There's room. Okay. Sure. Good. It's a big enough building. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you know, the ghosts now, there's definitely this one, we kind of call her like the watch guard of the space. She's She hangs out up on the balcony. You can definitely feel her presence if you are in tune with any of that. Even if you're not, people, it's funny, like sometimes people will be like, I don't feel very comfortable in this building. I'm going to step outside, you know, and I'm like, wow, thanks ghosts for doing whatever you're doing to, you know, push energy around. <laughs> Way to kick people out, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's it really awesome. is. I think she's kind of an angry, like, I think she's an angry, angry ghost still. So I've told her, you know, you can stick around until you have enough joy filled into Aww. your heart because of what we're doing here in this building that you feel comfortable to walk away. That Whereas, just pisses her off. <laughs> I know, she's <laughs> like, I'll never feel joy. <laughs> This is my building. And then there's other ghosts that were a little less, um, you know, we weren't so lenient with. We did a little more active work to try to get some of the rooms cleared out because of how heavy the energy was in some of the, some of the areas. There's a caretaker's residence in the basement, which we've opened up to be open space now, but there was men living in the basement for a hundred years that would kind of take care of the building. And I think that was actually some of the, some of the heavy energy they got left were from some of the people who lived there. For well, they just got years. beat up by these ladies. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> now they know That's how where the fight feels. club was. <laughs> Think about having 500 wives. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm sure that that's exactly how I struggle. I struggle it. with the thought of one. So uh, <laughs> you asked. 
still struggles. Yeah, it's still a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Today's so, our nine-year dating anniversary. Yeah, Aww, something happy like that. anniversary. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to mention about the ghosts. We we let a paranormal group come in. We don't let people come in very often because we don't want to stir things up unnecessarily. Um, but we let this group called Ogden Paranormal come through and they did a little bit of investigating and, you know, we were there for one of the nights and gave them some feedback on their approach and stuff, but they did capture some interesting things with their devices. And though in the moment they weren't all that present and holding all that much space for the ghosts in the end, I do think they captured some interesting things. So you can find that episode on YouTube on the Ogden Paranormal channel. They came down to the Ladies Literary Club. So that's the most documented, uh, quote unquote, proof of ghost activity in the clubhouse. Well, I'll tell you what I feel about ghost activity in places. I'm actually curious. Is there, Are there any thoughts to bringing back something like the literary club itself? Totally. Uh, in some form? Yeah, we've definitely had a lot of interest in that. Um, and, you know, we've learned with this building, there's a lot of wait and see, you know? And so a lot of people come at us super excited because the building is energizing. When you walk in there, it is, cre- it drives a creative force through your body. It's just like, wow. Cause Salt Lake doesn't have architecture like this anymore. So no, it truly really. does just inspire each person as they walk in. And so a lot of people are like, we have to, we have to start a ladies club. We have to have this going. And to me, I know that that will start when it's right to start. You know, that's kind of where I'm at with it is that there will be some kind of ladies literary club that well, comes out of this. I, I imagine it's a younger audience than the the ones that disbanded in 2013, totally. which is good because it means that there is some of that, that generational change. Resurgence. I think this newer generation, like our daughters, maybe like late twenties have a lot more in common with ladies of that era. Like they're, they, I don't know. I look at my daughters and I'm like, you are so much better than I remember my cohorts being at the same age. Like you are more aware of, of the people around you instead of just the things. I wonder if they're more educated than we were at their age. I really think they, I really think that they are. I think that they, they've had to become that way and they've had to become like you're either, you either got got educated enough that you can discern truth from fiction because of all the crap you see or you didn't. And I think they are just becoming better able to see through the crap. And the way you were talking about these women, I feel like they were the kind of women that were like, I'm not putting up with that crap. So I'm going to come over here in this place where we can make our own rules, (laughs) right? Where I don't, where I don't have to. And I think that some of these younger generations, so maybe that would be, this is a, I think a good time to try to do something like that again. Yeah. It's going to be really f- exciting to see how the community decides to gather, you know, like so far it's a bunch of individuals or groups coming through wanting to put on events and do various classes and workshops and things. But there is enough rumbling going on that we know there is strong interest in some sort of club membership. So whether or not that will be like, a women's only group or a men's only group or whatever. The ladies literary club actually had several sections. So that's how they broke things up. They'd have a monthly member meeting 
But then there was a drama club, there was an art club, there was a politics, civics well, club. Cool. So they had opportunities. So you know, it wasn't like the Freemasons. Right. It was like first and third Wednesdays you were there That's for down the sewing. Street. Yeah, the Mason <laughs> the Sonic Temple's one block away, so I'm yeah. sure there were some overlaps. See, I'm telling you, if women had designed Xbox, you wouldn't have two separate commands. They are much more organized. <laughs> <laughs> I got in a huge fight with my partner like a week ago about the design of the toilet. And how, like, it's designed for men. And he's, and you know, he just, like, we got in a serious fight over it. And I was like, obviously, you've never thought about designing things for women. And he's like, like toilets? And it's just, <laughs> it got so bad. We could just live in China where they poop in holes. I know, right? <laughs> I'd, I'd prefer. <laughs> easier, less thinking. So, yeah, we're excited. I think by 2020, we'll have uh, the beginnings of this membership platform um, for the individual instead of for the event. So it's a, a monthly thing that gets you a certain amount of access to the space, to certain classes and workshops and events, things like that. So we're excited. We have some people we might be working with to bulk up that calendar and really have a nice offering for... Do some cool yoga. Exactly. A, that's a, it's a good space to do. Just don't do goat yoga. I still don't get that. Oh my that. gosh, I was totally going to bring that up. Someone <laughs> asked us if they could do goat I yoga feel at the like, I feel like it, your, your goat is going to pee. I just don't want to get pooped on. <laughs> and really it's really long. hard to ensure that kind of I know, and like stained glass window. I don't know. It's just I don't want goat urine on the windows. Yeah, it's like, not. I'm sure goat yoga is super healing, but or just but awesome. not in a historic building. Like having a baby goat play on you is really cool <laughs> until it pees or poops on you. Our head everything you. is cool until it. But pees it's kind of like it's kind of like a hamster, right? You know they're gonna pee on you, but you still pick them up, like. They do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have no bowel control. They get excited. They're like, oh, I just lost all my poop on you. And it's kind of cute, you know? It's like, oh, you're like, no, it's little hamster poop. It just fell on the floor. It's fine. <laughs> the dog will eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have, do you guys have any events, um, that are open to the public that are coming oh, out? Oh my goodness. This Saturday, huge Halloween party, actually. I think tickets are 30 bucks a pop. Comes with four free drinks. And it's going to be a big wow, show. Wow, four free drinks? Yeah. We were going to just try cow. to do an open bar, but the DABC is so No, silly. they don't do that. Yeah. So we're doing four free drinks. And That's then, a lot of free drinks. Yeah. We want people to come, you know, like, Experience otherwise people building. go to the bar for Halloween, yeah. and that's fine. But, like, or you could come to the clubhouse. So And that's on Halloween? Yeah. Well, no, on October 26th, Saturday. So Saturday. Yep. And then Halloween night, we might uh, pr- pr- show that uh, YouTube video of the haunted clubhouse. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool, because that <laughs> stage, awesome. you can... You probably put a projector onto that. Oh yeah, that, that film premieres do curtain. so well there because the stage opening is like eighteen feet wide by twelve feet tall, and so we fill the whole. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. we hold, fill the whole opening with a screen, and projector's great. So the premieres there. We actually have a snowboarding premiere the day before the Halloween party. So this Friday snowboarding premiere. I can't remember the details on who's promoting that, but it's three different snowboard brands doing a premiere together. Those kinds of things are super fun. And then I think another winter market, one of those vintage secondhand markets will be coming up the first weekend in December. I need to pay attention to that. But the holidays, it's like a lot of private holiday parties, which is awesome. I didn't know, for example, Netflix is in Utah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've booked us for a Halloween or for a Halloween gig, <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> for a holiday gig. So holidays kind of fill up the December calendar, but we're excited to see what comes our way this coming year. You guys have the Wasatch Mountain Film Festival. Yeah. They've booked us five days. Say. Yeah. That's awesome. gonna be exciting. That's really cool. That's really cool. So we ask every guest this question um, before we let them leave. Um, you've 
grew up in Utah and you remained here. Um, what's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state they had to do before they left? Hmm. You know, I, I would say go up to like, um, Kazi Reservoir or something. Go up to one of the little lakes where you can do some cliff jumping and just get out of the city and recognize how quick the mountain escape really is. Kazi you know, Reservoir? Be, have you not well, been a to new that one? one? No, yeah. this is a new oh one. Oh my for gosh. Us. You're Kazi. the first one to say this. Oh, it's the like, best little spot. And it's, you know, boats. It's no boats. It's just humans swimming. I, I don't know if it's even legal for humans to be swimming. Maybe they're cracking down on that, but it's up <laughs> past, uh, up past Pine View, up past the up Ogden Canyon. And you hit Pine View Reservoir, and it's just a little further past that. And you hit Kazi, and there's cliff jumping. I would say go to Flaming Gorge, but I don't know if that's even in Utah. Is it it like, is. Part of it is. Order. The dam is in Utah. But that's a commitment. But That's definitely my favorite place in Utah. That's that's where I grew up by a oh, lot really? of time. Like, I spent yeah. my summers as a high school kid cliff jumping and yeah. swimming in the lake. And Do you know the gorge. nose at Flaming Gorge? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar? Yep, yeah, I've jumped the nose once. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. So is <laughs> when I was a kid, um, we jumped a lot. And then when, after I graduated, um, that was when the drought really kind of kicked in, in, in Utah and Wyoming. And you saw that reservoir level drop and a few kids died like three years later, jumping the same cliffs. I used to jump all through high school because there wasn't enough water anymore. <sighs> yeah. It's intense. Jumping 80 foot off of a cliff and landing in water is cool. It's like landing on concrete. It's first. fun. It's like, it's so much I knew fun. someone that went in at like a 45 Ooh, degree angle hurts. and he broke his sternum yeah. just from going in That's at an rough. angle. So interesting. You, you, you have to break with your knees bent and do not hold your arms out because that does not feel good. My daughter was cliff diving down in Southern Utah with her friend and her friend, they decided that she needed to hold her hand and the girl is She's not twice as big, but my daughter's teeny. Like my daughter is like barely breaks five feet and she's probably like a hundred pounds. And this girl is, she's tall for, for a girl. And so she like landed on top of her. My daughter like had these bruises. I'm like, what happened? Did you fall down? She's like, no, Mary landed on me when we were cliff diving. Like just from (laughs) like landing on her in the water. I need to go up to this reservoir. Yes. I'm, Are you looking I'm it up? mapping it. Now right you're distracted. Now. <laughs> oh, good. No, I totally am. And I there's some go good there. camping up there, too. That is a really, really small little reservoir. It is tiny. Camp Kessel. We were talking today in, in the insurance industry about how, uh, campgrounds are probably a really good investment because even when the economy tanks, everybody's like, well, we can still throw a tent in a car and, and go okay, somewhere and still get away and still have a, a vacation or whatever. And in Utah, like you can do that year round because we have so many different places oh, man, this that is stay a warm. Good looking right. reservoir. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm <laughs> so distracted glad you hadn't him. heard of it before. No, you're the first person that's ever said it. Oh, and those are, those are some ding, ding, ding. nice smaller cliffs. Oh, it looks really cool in the winter too. Oh, I have never been in the winter. Oh man, there's some cool <gasps> pictures online. Okay. Yeah, Cosmo <laughs> Reservoir. I'll, I will link to them in yeah, your one thing on our website. That's really cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jude. How do people get a hold of you guys um, at the clubhouse if they want to reserve space or get some photos taken or yeah, the just best talk way about is awesomeness? The website, clubhouseslc.com. You can put in an inquiry for an event there. You can look at photos of the space. You can read about the history see some of the videos we have going on right now for specifically for this grant campaign. It's the be- and then on Instagram too, that's a nice spot. I think we are at clubhouse SLC. And of course on Facebook, we are clubhouse on South temple. Those are the three most active areas. We've yet to hit the Twitter sphere, 
I don't know about that. What's your I guys' like that's super political I love Twitter? So you love it. There's there's two things. One, you should be on Twitter just because Twitter is a place to connect with events going on locally, and it's a really good way to promote your event locally. Yeah. Um, like we always tell people, if you're hosting an event and you want us to talk about it, just tweet it to us, and we'll send it out to all of our followers. Cool. So it's a good way to get events found. Um, but I'm really glad to hear you say you're on Instagram because I have a lot of people that I'm like, oh, you're a photographer? Do you have Instagram? No, I haven't set that up yet. Why the fuck? <laughs> like, that, is, that is the social networking platform for people that have something that is photographic. Post pictures, that, right? Like a venue posting pictures of things that happen in the venue exactly. do nothing but help your venue. <laughs> like, exactly. And we are so lucky to have my partner, Dave Brewer, as our in-house photographer, you know, representing Photo Collective Studios. We get to document almost that's every also, event. It's Yeah, like, that's a really cool thing about that venue that not all venues have. Like, you go to a lot and they're like, yeah, you get a building and there's a kitchen and you can rent it out. Oh, we have a photographer built into whatever exactly. package too. That's we really love cool. capturing people's events and they trust us because we know the building so well. And Dave is so good with lighting. I'm definitely like a shadow person. I see shadows. And then I met Dave and he's like, yeah, but where does the shadow come from? Like, <laughs> so he's the lighting guy. And so yeah, truly a venue, you can go rent a warehouse and it'll be an empty box or you can rent a clubhouse that comes with an incredible lighting guy, photographer, Tables, chairs, original historic chairs. Did I mention? Oh, I that's that cool. They're beautiful. Look for I'm the photos online. With chairs. Oh, they're incredible. <laughs> and they sit like a little bit lower mm-hmm. than modern. Oh, see, chairs. that's perfect for me because I'm short. Because they're, they're for ladies. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we also include staff for our events. We used to not. Sometimes we would be like, "Can we have it for cheaper with no staff?" And we're like, "Okay." And now we realize that's totally not You're the like, brand. Okay, yeah. but. Then is the popcorn the machine yours? Awesome. The popcorn machine comes from my family. We I bought it when I was a kid. Machines. Do you <laughs> yeah. have a hot dog roller? No. I love popcorn. <laughs> no hot dog roller yet, though we did have a hot tub down in the basement for some time. We <laughs> emptied it recently, but we'll probably fill it back up again. So if you ask us nicely, we'll fill up the hot tub when you visit. <laughs> we have a party and a hot tub in this after is party. Is it a building, please? Tub? Time machine. I have not heard of time this machine. Hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. machine. It's a movie. It's a really serious? bad movie. It's not a good movie. It's yeah, not good at all. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us, Jude. It's Thank you for having me. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the New Utah Podcast, episode 178. We're coming up on 200. It's coming. It's quickly. coming. It's a few months, but uh, are we going to do anything special for 200? Or are we going to wait for 208, which would be the four-year? 208. I like that. We can celebrate any time we want. What do we do when we get to 801? That would be awesome. Have a party. A big party. I don't a block think party. 801. At the, but 801 the is women's, like, the ladies. 801 is like 10 years literary. from now. Okay. Right? It's eight, nine, eight and a half. I don't know if I'm going to want a party <laughs> in eight and a half years. Maybe you'll extra want a party. Jeremy and I will be in our 50s. But, but uh, yeah, maybe we should Maybe we should do something special. I don't know. I don't know. At 801? Yeah. Um, if you'd like us to do something special, please share this episode. If you don't give a fuck, please share this episode. Um, sharing the episodes actually helps us more than anything. So retweet them. Uh, share them on Facebook. And go uh, vote your main. Vote your main for sure. 
We um, need them in the top 10. It's voteyourmain.org. Um, do it every day with every email address that you have access to. Uh, do it on your wife or your husband's email address if you have them. And if you don't have them, send it to their email address and ask them for the code and then go vote for that one. Um, use your work email. Um, just explain it to your IT people. If they get pissed later, it's fine. Um, I was just voting. Yeah, I was just voting on this building during company time. You don't work anyway. Uh, if you, uh, if you want, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about our listeners. Um, if you, uh, if you want us to retweet something, if you've got an event going on, uh, hop on Twitter, uh, go to at TNU podcast or Instagram. Uh, we like to retweet a lot of stuff. You can't really retweet Instagram stuff. Um, <laughs> You can share it. Yeah, you can share them. Uh, on Facebook, The New Utah Podcast. And then our website, thenewutah.com, where at some point uh, in the near future, Jess will have an article about Kazi Reservoir, which Chris will go visit this summer probably. Just Chris? It looks, well, I mean, I'll drag you along too. There's hiking trails up in there. In your Winnebago. No. No. <laughs> but thanks for listening and uh, have a have a safe and happy holiday. Um we have Ooh, one, one more, more episode before Halloween, dear. Yeah, but people might not listen to that before Halloween. They'll listen to this one most likely before Halloween. Plus, most of their partying will be this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, have a good uh, have a good Halloween, and we'll talk to you next week.